Thank you for tuning in and listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be a question and answer session that followed my talk about Bungie splitting with Activision. Uh, If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, come on in live. I'm probably live right now. These discussions and content have been a lot of fun lately. A lot of people have been coming in and joining the question and answer sessions. This is probably going to be a long one. What a topic that we get to talk about and cover. Very different from predictions I had made. We thought a split was coming, and I thought the split was going to go in the other direction. I actually thought that Bungie was going to sell the IP to Activision after honoring the contract. So I am the most happy I think I've ever been in my life to be wrong. I think this is good news, and I think the support from Epic and Microsoft and Sony on Twitter was a sign of good things to come, and uh, we'll have a lot of great announcements soon, I'm sure, uh, even a TWAB to discuss. There will be a TWAB today, January the 11th, so we will get one. They're usually on Thursday, but the announcement kind of supplanted that. So, I'm going to jump right into the questions, and as I said, if you're listening to this in the other platforms, be sure to come check me out. I'm probably live right now, twitch.tv slash say no to rage, or just look up say no to rage on, you know, the Twitch app, and you'll find me live Monday through Friday during the day Eastern time, pretty much all the time. So, appreciate those of you that have done that. Thank you for supporting what I do. The first question comes in from... Uh, Headhunch Gaming says, Do you think Bungie will produce better content without the old man over their shoulder? Well, now that we're not in the talk and I don't feel rushed, you know, this is something I was touching on at the end with my analogy of, you know, Buddy the Elf not able to make the the Etch-A-Sketches fast enough. I think a lot of what happened with Destiny was that. It wasn't Activision interfering. It wasn't Activision being terrible or the devil. Like, I think so many people don't understand development. They think Activision's like walking around with a clipboard, you know, and their cup of coffee. Mm, yeah, we're going to need that update now. Like, that's not what's going on. And so, anytime internal sort of leaks about you know, things that were happening that weren't going well, uh, it was, it was never Activision. I was never, I was never getting the impression from any of the stuff that we got sort of, you know, leaked or what's going on with the company, what's going on with the game. I never once got that impression. Uh, it was always, always the same theme. The theme was always Bungie can't make the content fast enough. And because they can't make the content fast enough, we're dealing with, you know, a schedule that leads to subpar content. And because we're dealing with subpar content, we're getting frustrated as consumers and we're wanting somebody to blame, right? Anytime a consumer doesn't get what they want, there's obviously a justifiable frustration. There's, there's questions that need to be answered. There's a whole, there's a whole host of things that are going to happen when consumers are unhappy. I don't think it's as simple as saying, Bungie, you're lazy. Bungie, you're bad at making games. Because we know that's traditionally not true. Bungie's proven to love the game, have a passion about the game. They've proven to want to make the game better. That, I mean, that's as clear as day with Taken King, with Forsaken, with their constant back and forth with the community and, and, and their defense of the game and the franchise after the Activision shareholders call. I don't think that's in question. I also don't think it's in question that, like, Activision's trying to hurt the very product that could make them money. I just think that's a bizarre conclusion to come to, that 
Activision is so focused on making money that they're interfering and they're harming the very product that could make them money. I, I just don't think those conclusions are... I don't think they're likely, okay? And as I said, I think it was just a relationship that didn't pan out. If, if a boss is asking somebody to create a product faster than they can, the boss isn't necessarily being a bad boss. Now, obviously, if there's a one-to-one and they're watching you work and they're not, you know, they're not lightening up, well, sure. But in this scenario, I just think the amount of money needed to build the franchise was so large and the public holding of Activision, their shareholders must be given satisfaction from those investments Activision couldn't be lackadaisical or laissez-faire about the contract, the deliverable schedule, and the ROI that they wanted to get from what they spent. <clears throat> this means that we we don't necessarily need to demonize Activision, but we also don't need to act like, well, it's still going to be bad because Bungie's been doing such a bad job leading up to this. It's still going to be bad. The pattern was so clear to me, at least, from everything we read about Destiny 1 to everything that we saw happen with Destiny 2. To me, I think it's it's clear it was a matter of time constraints. I feel like we spent half of year one of Destiny 2 saying this game didn't have enough time. I kept telling people it's a game of concepts. It's a game of concepts. The concepts are good. Lost Sectors, Adventures, you know, the, the the structure of how much there was to do in the game, but it was all scaffolding. There was no depth. There was no content. And that's why I always said, it's like going into a museum and you see this giant brontosaurus skeleton, right? It's this giant brontosaurus skeleton. It's like, there's a huge, huge potential for a game here, but there's no meat on the bones. If they could just add meat to the bones, it'd be a huge, huge game. Well, the reason that it's just a big skeleton is because of the of the schedules, the constraints of the contract. So this question smacks at the misunderstanding of what I think has been going on. Activision's not over their shoulder. You better hurry up. You better do this. You better do that. In fact, one of the leaks indicated that, and this was in line with what was what was in the leak about Destiny One, right? They struggle to make the content fast. They struggle to make content in general. They struggle to make adjustments to the content. The dev tools in the engine are outdated. They're old. They're 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 cumbersome. Okay. That's not making excuses. I don't think Bungie knew when they decided to go with the Tiger engine, the demand and the player behavior was going to get to the level that it got. And I think that graded against the contract uh, the contract deliverable schedule. It's like we can't do it. We can't make enough on that deliverable schedule to satisfy this player base. So I I think this is good for everybody, but I don't think it's ding dong, the witch is dead by Activision. And I don't think it's, well, it ain't going to make a difference. Bungie sucks at development. Like, I don't think either of those realities are true. I think Forsaken and Taken King proves they can make good content, they can make good pivots, they can listen to the community, and they love and have a passion for the game. And I think the the blandness or the the lackluster launches for both vanilla D1 and D2 has more to do with scheduling and contractual obligations than it does with Activision being evil or Bungie being bad at development. Scally Wag with the next question. 
do you see the game industry becoming like the music industry where artists don't need record labels as much anymore well the difference would be if you want to record an album in your house there's not a lot of equipment needed there's not a, I mean there's upfront cost but there's not a lot of equipment needed and once you get that equipment you know you're just doing the work recording and mixing right and you can do that in your spare time you you know you can do that on your own the difference in game development is the required amount of man hours manpower uh, to, to make a good game is pretty high and that's where the challenge comes how, how do you pay for that? Where do, you know someone has to to pay for it now whether that's an angel investor that's like I just want this game to be good or maybe it's maybe it's somebody that actually is helping run the company is just dumping their own money into it right thank you Matchstick, for 25 months dude two years plus one appreciate you man I it, the money has to come from somewhere it's not like recording an album in your basement where it's just maybe you and your buddies in your spare time you know imagine putting Imagine putting in 40 40 to 80 hours a week working on that album. Well, eventually that would catch up with you. You wouldn't be working. You wouldn't be generating any revenue. You wouldn't be able to pay your bills, etc. That would catch up with you. So the parallel doesn't quite function. I mean, obviously, that's what we would hope is that more companies would be in a position of power and independence to say, this is the game we want to create and this is how we want to make it, right? You, you You want companies to feel like they can make the content they want and not be constrained by, you know, unrealistic expectations. And again, I think the the disconnect here isn't that Activision was evil or bad. I think the disconnect is they're not a developer, so they're the investor and they know money and they know what works and they know they know what delivery schedules and what marketing has has worked for ROI in the past and they just apply that formula. And that doesn't work for a game like Destiny. That grates against the quality of a game like Destiny. Next question. AvenJ86. Is it just me or do the news of Activision Divorce do more to generate excitement about Destiny than the release of Forsaken? Viewer count seems to have boosted and seeing lots of content creators who normally hate the franchise talk about wanting to play it again. I don't necessarily know if you can measure excitement that easily, but I would say that the reason this is probably a different form of excitement and this is a more permeating excitement, like it's reaching people who maybe are not really invested in Destiny right now, is because as gamers, we have become very much um, antagonistic and... Uh, disagreeable with publishers because publishers don't typically have our aims in mind they have their own aims in mind right their aims are not in line with the aims of the gamers their aims are in line with their shareholders profit growth these are words these are buzzwords that matter to a publisher and this leads to a disconnect between what the what the consumer what the gamer wants and what's getting delivered that's been causing i think too much i w- i guess you could call it strife it just too much strife too much uh, it's it's probably difficult to be a developer and to hear your product spoken poorly about when you love the product as much as the people that are that are that are insulting it it's like we want it to be good we want it to be amazing and we're struggling to meet deadlines which is the main cause of our you know everyone's frustrations and that's that's where i think 
things are going to start to shift because if the publishers start to lose their footing because of whether it's PR shareholders may be saying you guys are losing your grip you're not you don't have the the stranglehold on the market that you once did companies are companies are leaving and finding other ways to monetize it could change the nature of the gaming industry epic games and fortnite on their own is changing what's possible in the gaming industry the way that they're making their dev tools and their engine more available and more lucrative for you and less lucrative for them in in the in the long stretch it'll probably be more lucrative for them because more people will start using their product but fortnite has enabled them to empower the industry and as frustrated as we get with fortnite and the changes they make as frustrating as that can be here's the thing their their game is changing not just what developers can create but what sony is being convinced to be okay with with crossplay gamers are benefiting you can make fun of fortnite all you want it's a kid's game it's stupid it's dumb i don't know why people watch it i don't know why people play it if you're a gamer fortnite has made things in some respects good for you the 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 accessibility of the engine you know epic wanting to help more companies and then them building infrastructure for crossplay that anybody can use that's great that's great for everybody so i am uh I'm excited for the future, not of this game, but of gaming in general. I think we all stand to to be the benefactors of these changes as long as we keep doing what we've always done, which is lean in and, and, and promote positivity. Now, positivity doesn't mean we don't get negative. You can be negative while being positive, uh, but we're, we're seeking the good of the game that we play, the games that we play, because we love them so much. The Doctor 1975. Do you think the split between Bungie and Activision could affect the game in a negative way? Uh, not as much money poured into the game. Obviously, this is a lingering concern. Like Nobody wants the game or Bungie to get shrunk. We don't want suddenly Destiny 2 feel smaller. We don't want Bungie employees to get laid off because there's not enough money for them to, for them to do what they want to do. There's also the big question mark of like, what's going to happen with Vicarious Visions and, and High Moon Studios? They have been integral pieces... They have been integral pieces in this game getting to equilibrium and, and, and stabilizing. They've been a huge part of that equation, and we don't we just don't know what's going to happen with them. Uh, we're just going to have to wait and kind of see what the announcements are coming out of Bungie on how it's all going to happen. Uh, I don't know if Bungie would be celebrating and cheering if they were all sort of knowing like, yeah, and half of us are about to get fired. Like, I don't, I don't know. I that seems unlikely. So, isn't High Moon owned by Activision? I thought both High Moon and Vicarious Visions were in some ways attached to Activision. So that that could mean different things as well for both Vicarious Visions and for High Moon Studios and their contribution to Destiny, which will be a sad part of the tale. That'll be a sad part of the story. I, I got to interact with some of the guys from Vicarious Visions at Guardian Con. And I think both they and High Moon Studios has really, really helped this game get to a point of of being in a better, a better, better state. Um, so, next question from Kilroy one one six. With the separation, do you think Marty will make a return in some fashion? If so, do you think his musical influence in the game could help the overall experience? Well, listen, if Marty's making music, the answer to that is yes. 
obviously the experience would be great now credit where credit is due the current folks in charge of the music are doing a phenomenal job the music in destiny has always been good even with and without marty uh marty o'donnell was the original composer that was with bungie since the days of halo he's one of the sort of founding figureheads um of, of, of Bungie and it was sad to see him go uh, and Joseph Stoughton as well uh, their vision for the game and their vision for what they wanted Bungie to be wasn't in line with what started happening and it, it really it really kind of changed things and you know I saw a tweet that implied that High Moon Studios and Vicarious uh, won't be working with Bungie any longer because of the change again if that, was, if that happens that's a sad part of the tale because we all we all celebrated what Vicarious Visions brought with Warmind, uh, and we were all very very happy. So I would I would uh, I would be I would be a little sad about that. Um, so yeah, but Marty coming back could be possible. I don't think Marty left because of Activision, though. If you want my honest opinion, I think he left because there was creative dissonance at Bungie when the game was getting ready to launch that had in in my estimation from everything we read it had nothing to do with Activision Joseph Stoughton shows a supercut. there's executives at Bungie that are like this is not the type of game we were wanting to create they delay the game for an entire year and they chop it up right they chop the game up and when they chop the game up it it becomes a very, very different version of the game. In the process of chopping up the game, Stoughton, you know, Stoughton and Marty be- become seemingly too, you know, too out of step with what Bungie wants to do to remain. They just can't do it. Now, that doesn't mean that, that they're to blame. That just happens. Visionary differences me- make it difficult to be, you know, to have creative to have creative synergy and cohesion. Like, it's very, very difficult to have projects going out when the people working on them are not in agreement about what needs to happen. And I, th- they left in, in many respects because of that. Now, I don't think that was because of interference from Activision. I think there was something that happened along the way. Marty thinks, th- no, Joseph Stoughton thinks, this is the game we're building, this is the game we're going to try and make. And then... They watched the supercut. The descriptions of the supercut were that it was too campy. It was cutscene driven. It was very linear. That does not describe Destiny, really, ever, right? Even the greatest times in Destiny's history, it's not campy, cutscene heavy, or linear. It's a content loop. It's a loot pursuit game. It's grindy, right? With minimal cutscenes. So I, I think that their vision was outdated. Not in a bad way, not in a bad way, but their vision for for where Destiny can go was outdated. They were just going to build another Halo. Great story, linear, cutscenes, you'd play it and then you'd put it down. And then then the executives were like, no, 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 we've had bad vision transfer. This isn't the style of game that we wanted to create. We're wanting to create a long-term grindy game, a game that people will play as their new hobby, right? If you remember... It was Mark Noseworthy, I think, that said in one of the earliest vid docs about Bungie, about Destiny, he said, and this is where the 10-year plan came from, that, that the community made up, that was never said by Bungie. He said, we envision this being a game that you will play for the next 10 years. So that was their vision. Now, maybe in Joseph Stoughton's mind, that, that means it'll be a franchise for the next year, 
next 10 years the way that Halo became an established franchise and maybe that's where the disconnect came but clearly they had a vision for building a game that you would play beyond beyond just that initial opener and so when you're like oh could Marty come back it's all you know he left because of Activision I, I just don't know if that's the story I don't know if that's the story it felt more like creative dissonance in the company at the beginning and I think we've always been reeling for that from that right imagine 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 right <clears throat> this isn't Activision's fault but this has to do with Activision okay Imagine if Bungie could have pivoted at that time and taken another two years to really fix Destiny and really put things on the proper course for a hobbyist-style game instead of having to honor the contract. They renegotiated the contract at that point. Activision probably wasn't too thrilled about the fact that Bungie's like, uh, could we get another year? You know, they're like, um... Yeah, I guess, frick, we wanted that thing to come out, right? Everything got staggered after that. Everything got pushed back, and Activision knew that that was going to be one of the, you know, the results of delaying the game an entire year. Delaying that game, I think, was the beginning of things struggling to stabilize because Bungie couldn't, Bungie couldn't do it the right way. Right from the very beginning, you had the creative dissonance, and then the creative dissonance just set the pump and put gas on the fire to make an explosion of in inconsistency and and blandness. It was like they just primed everything to go poorly. Basically, that creative dissonance got hit with the contract obligations, and everything fell apart from there. That's what I think. Frosty Lyona says. Does the separation from Activision mean PlayStation exclusive strikes and weapons will be at Bungie's discretion to release on Xbox PC, or do you think it's contractually tied? I know Xbox got Borealis with Forsaken, but was just curious. I'm not sure if the Sony exclusives have anything to do with Activision. I don't know if that was another way for Bungie to pull in uh, revenue, and so that I don't know if that money goes directly. Uh, to Bungie, I don't know how it works. I, I truly don't. I don't know if they're if they're talking with Sony and saying how much, you know, what are you willing to pay for these exclusives? Because I would think it goes to them and not Activision, just because that's generally not how Activision makes their profit. Activision is not making their profit by saying like, all right, Sony, what you got? Okay, they're gonna pay us this much. All right, Bungie, you got to do this and this and this. Like that doesn't seem to me to be the way that Activision operates as a as a publisher. Uh, I don't know if any publisher really behaves in that way. So to me, it seems like that's not something that's necessarily going to go away uh, anytime soon because it it doesn't seem related to uh, Activision. It seems more related to just the Sony, the go-between, you know, Sony and actors. Now, somebody's saying they get exclusives with Call of Duty 2. Some of that, again, could just be Sony flexing their their console saturation and being like, You're, you stand to benefit a lot. We'll put your game on the front of our store. We'll do this and this and this. And then we want to pay for, you know, we want primo content. We want exclusives. So, uh, next question. Underground gamers, any chance we'll get all the content from D1 back in the game eventually now? Um, I don't know how this is related to the announcement. I mean, again, I, I think I think sometimes we're setting our sights on things that potentially has literally nothing to do 
uh, with Activision. You know, not you know getting D1 content again. Uh, you know, getting getting the exclusives from Sony. I don't know if if any of that is even uh, remotely related uh, to what's been going on. In general, I think that we we stand to get. I think if you want me to predict what's going to happen, we stand to get better content over time, but not immediately better content, right? Much of the annual pass has probably already been built, slated, and planned. But over time, as things get to the point where Bungie can create things at the pace they want, quality will inevitably go up because they're not worried about contractual obligations. They're worried about delivering something that is what the Destiny community wants. And they've proven to be very good at that with Taken King, with Forsaken, you know, with any time they've really kind of turned their sights on improving the game, I feel like they've done an excellent job. So if they're able, think of it like this. Okay, think of it like this. If the Taken King and and Forsaken prove that Bungie's really good at fixing the game, right? What if Bungie's able to fix the game on a timetable that is not ever, ever pressured by a contract? It's never got a contract breathing down its neck. That means you can consistently get Forsaken and Taken King level quality, and you get that quality maybe at a slower interval, but that's the quality you get. What if they actually are able then to pivot to a new... That guy must have had Luna Factions on because I ran out of ammo almost. Um, If they pivot to the Unreal Engine, right? If they pivot to the Unreal Engine, that means means they might even be able to deliver that content really, really fast. This is so close to the roll, right? Triple Tap, Rampage, and Drop Mag. We want the the Drop Mag with... uh, Kill Clip and Rampage. We just can't seem to get it. So if they're able to do what we know they've done so many times, but they're able to do it at the pace that they want, I think quality will just inevitably go up. That now this might mean that it takes longer to get content, but again, if they're able to if they're able to say, Alright, Activision, we're done. We're done with this contract, we're done with this timetable, it sucks, we hate it, this doesn't work, it was nice working with you, you got our con- you got our franchise off the ground, but you're but these these contracts are holding us down. Right? We're going to pivot to another engine. We're going to deliver a title on a different schedule. And because we're going to deliver a title at a different schedule and on a new engine, then we can invest in that title. Imagine the annual pass rhythm and the idea empowered by the Unreal Engine's agility. Okay? I'm going to say that again. Imagine the annual pass, the way that it's structured, the way that it drips feed you know, content to you as a player that loves this game. And imagine them being able to do that with the agility of the Unreal Engine. Look at Fortnite. Look at what they've been able to do. They optimize the game to hit 60 FPS on old consoles. Xbox One and PS4 are old consoles. They've now been optimized to be run Fortnite at 60 FPS, right? And, and Fortnite's always doing updates. Now, the weekly updates in Fortnite, I think, have been some of the detriments to the game's quality because quality control kind of goes down when you're updating the game that often. But they're able to update the game every week. They're adding planes, they're adding this, they're adding that. Imagine that level of agility. 
Imagine that level of agility. Who plays on console? More people than play on PC, brother. Like, the console community on, on Destiny especially is larger than the PC community. Now, I don't know about Fortnite, but... Fortnite. Fortnite, their their community is massive on console. What are you talking about? <laughs> Who plays on console? Plenty. Plenty. Ignoring the console community is like is like ignoring an entire continent of people when you're including when you're talking about the size of the earth. Like, come on. So I think it's gonna be good. Ruku ten twelve, what do you think will happen with Vicarious Visions High Moon Studios since they belong to Activision? It seems like the the, the inevitable outcome would be that they would no longer get to work on Destiny. And that makes me sad because I appreciated what they did with Warmind. I appreciated what they've been able to help, you know, with the franchise, with the the live team and Rise of Iron and and different things that that they they have contributed. The they have contributed to the 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 wealth of the game and the length of the game. They they've contributed a, a lot, and it'll be sad to have them no longer working on the game. You know. And I love people saying only plebs play on console. Only stupid people make comments like that. So <laughs> only stupid people think pleb is an insult because you have the mind of a 12-year-old. Uh, next question. While in Waldo, what do you think the split from action means for Destiny in the short term? In the short term, I don't think it means anything. In the short term, I don't think it means anything. I think the, I think the annual pass content is set. I think the schedule is probably good. I don't think that any of that content is in danger. Um, I don't think it's in any it's in, in any danger at all. Uh, in the immediate future, we're gonna get what they've been working on, what they've promised us, right? It's content that's been paid for, both by us and by Activision, right? So that content's not in any danger. The only thing I think that is potentially in danger is Bungie being able to say stuff's going to come out slower, guys. Like, them saying that could potentially not be very well received. People could be like, are you kidding me? But at the same time, I I don't know. It's all, it's all in how you couch it, right? If they come out and say, this is going to enable us to make far better content, the sequel's going to be able to do X, Y, Z... Remember how I said, like, one of the things I feel like they need to say when they come out with Destiny 3 is similar to the to, to the vibe and the feel that Division 2 has been able to, you know, say, we learned so much from our last game. But I also remember saying they need to come out and say, we have a new engine. We, we're building everything in a new world. It's going to enable us to do far more with the game, far more agility, far more quality. A similar announcement probably needs to come out from this. Right? What what are you actually enabling yourselves to do with this break? Is it just you know? Is it just a PR? Like, are you just couching a, a this as a PR stunt? Like, Activision cuts you loose, and they're like, we don't want anything to do with your franchise anymore. Your franchise sucks. It's not making us any money. Or are you? Is it amicable? Are you guys just cut parting ways because it just wasn't working out? You're not generating the revenue that they want you to generate, and you're not able to create the game that you want to create. I happen to think it's that. I think it's more down the middle. Uh, but it would be nice for Bungie to come out and say, in the long term, these are the benefits to you as a consumer and player uh, of of Destiny. Um, instead of just PR fluff, like give us tangible things that are going to be happening. And they said they have exciting announcements about what's going to be happening beyond 
uh, the se- the seasonal stuff, and I think that's pretty cool. That's pretty exciting. It's like, well, what? What's going? You know, what's coming? Like, you know, what do you what are you all working on that you think we're gonna find exciting beyond? The fact, I mean, we haven't even gotten through Joker's Wild. We haven't even gotten through Penumbra, and they're already wetting our appetite for what's beyond. That's that's big. That's big and very very exciting. Um, so, uh, Jay Hale, with the Activision Bungie split, do you think D three will release later than the predicted twenty twenty? The only reason I think twenty twenty is still very very likely. Okay, I don't know how they fund this. I don't know how they pull this off, but. The reason I think 2020 is likely is that's where everybody's kind of setting their sights for the new consoles. And that would be an enormous, an enormous, like, success platform rocket ship to attach yourself to. Both platforms could be pushing the game. Xbox and Sony could both be saying, you know, Destiny 3 on Xbox 5 on PlayStation 9, like whatever the frick they're going to call them. You know, I don't know. But... Like, that is, that's a huge push and a huge win for your game. Now, the reason I think that's possible, the reason I think that's possible is, if they bail on any deliverable commitments from the contract since they're now free of it, that may free them up to say, we are going to... Now, this, here's what might be in jeopardy, I just thought of this. The Taken Queen might be in jeopardy, Right? The Taken Queen might be in jeopardy. That's the DLC we've been talking about end of this year. They may just do annual pass for us all the way to 2020, and that's them breaking the contract pattern with Activision and saying, we're more focused on building the next game because we want to build it a new engine. And the only way that happens is if we, we stop we stop production on anything substantive for D2 and we pivot all resources to this new engine. Again, we're all just speculating here and theorizing, but that could be one of the things that happens because I don't think you want to miss that, that, that boat, you know, now another thing could happen. Bungie could say, we have no idea what the reception of those consoles is going to be. We have no idea how they're going to run. Let them have one year to stabilize let 2020 let the new consoles drop let the new consoles launch and get out into the community and then we launch in 2021 once everything is kind of in a better state once the consoles have hit a good saturation rate we can attach ourselves to 2021's christmas push of sales on the consoles bundles on the consoles like it very could get like i don't know the more I talk about it, the more it seems like a 2021 launch might be better in general, and that would be one of the reasons why. Because 2021, think about how much they would avoid. The console launch is, yes, it's a rocket ship, but it also muddies your marketing. You're not the focus. The new consoles are. First-party titles will be the focus. Who knows? Halo Infinite may not be coming until the new consoles, and then that's a huge distraction from Destiny 2020 launch of the new Xbox. Halo Infinite's a huge distraction. You know, Sony would probably have a big first-party title. They're going to drop with their new console. 2021? Now, that right there would make sense of the contractual break with with Activision. Nah, we don't want to launch in 2021. We want to put it in a new engine. We want to really, really take our time and really build it out. And we want this thing to launch as a flagship title on the new consoles in 2021. You know... Or you could say, screw the new title, we're just going to keep adding the D2 because we no longer have to deliver full titles. That's a potential to Eugene, but I think the only problem with that is 
they stand to get new players if they launch a new title and eventually that has to be part of your plan destiny 2 left such a bad taste in everybody's mouth just because you get rid of activision doesn't mean people start flocking to your game it certainly would help but i think their big push in 2021 would be like this is this is the rebirth of destiny you know the graphics the platforms the the everything I don't know. I, I I could I could see that happening, and 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 that's where the contractual obligation would break because they wouldn't be delivering something in 2020. They would be delivering annual pass content, basically drip feeding us all the way to Destiny 3. So, the new title, new engine, new console, new 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 car smell, new this new that would be. The, the probably the best chance for this game to hit the threshold and size that they always wanted it to hit. Knob says, do you think uh, this has any implications for the rest of Destiny 2's life or more D3? Also, what's the probability they ditch D3 and go all DLC for Destiny 2? I mean, I guess we can talk about that. We just touched on it. I have a hard time believing that Bungie would want to plant their flag long-term in Destiny 2. Okay. I have a hard time believing that because Destiny 2's reception and cycle has been so rocky and they're still dealing with the old engine, right? Destiny 2's got limitations because of the engine. It's got limitations because of the old consoles. There's a lot about Destiny 2 that's being held back, right? If you think about it like this, if 2021, the new game comes out, right? The new game comes out 2021 and that's after the new consoles have been in circulation for a while. That, you know, they, they've been out long enough that in 2021, their big push would not just be buy the game, but their big push would be you can buy it on the new consoles because it's bundled. And then they would start to, from the beginning of Destiny 3's launch, they would have way less people on the outdated consoles. Because then in 2022, they would probably completely leave the Xbox One and PlayStation 4 behind. They would say, look, our big first content drop for Destiny 3 in 2022 is leaving behind the Xbox One and the PlayStation 4. That's plenty of time by then. That's not bad PR. And then that lets them start to actually expand the game beyond what the old consoles can hold. Right? I just, these consoles are holding back the size and scope of the game. And knowing that, I find it hard to believe they're going to plant their flag long term in Destiny 2. Destiny 2 had a terrible start. It's got a terrible reputation, bad PR. There's been the bumbles and the fumbles with Black Armory's launch and Niobe Labs and everything else. I, I think you set yourself up way better to leave D2 behind eventually and do Destiny, Destiny 3. So. Glass Walker Mar, do you think D3 will be more similar to an MMO in terms of structure and rollout of content? This is another thing that I think is really important. There's already rumors that D3 is going toward a more RPG, more grindy style, and that to me lines up very well with everything I just said. It lines up very well with everything I just said. A sharp pivot away from D2, a brand new, you know, console, brand new platform that you could really push the limitations on, and then you got one year on the old consoles, 2022, you leave it behind, your first big content ad has to only be on the new consoles, and then you transition everybody over, and you're only two years into the life cycle of the new consoles, so you've got plenty of time. 
I don't know. That, to me, lines up very well with a lot of the rumors that we've heard. Planting their flag in D2 and not doing a sequel and not adding on to the franchise and expanding in that way doesn't seem in line with rumors that we heard. It also doesn't seem in line with their vision for Destiny. I feel like their vision for Destiny is so much bigger than what's allowable in Destiny 2. Uh, Deck. Why does everyone think this means the Eververse is gone? They will still need an extra source of money income, not to mention Eververse has never been required. Side note, I never realized how many people hate Activision. Okay. I'm going to really try and educate some folks here that think Ding Dong the Witch is dead. Bye-bye Activision. Bye-bye Eververse. The Eververse was Bungie's idea. If the internal leaks are to be believed, there was one that stated... Bungie struggled to make content fast. They struggled to make content in general. This is not in doubt. Look at how long it takes them to make changes or add to the game. Okay? This is not in doubt. Alright? They go to Activision with the idea of both drip feed content, which, hey, that's what we have right now, so that lines up. And, and they want to subsidize drip feed and free content live events with something called the Eververse. This idea was presented to Activision by Bungie. Again, I think the problem and the things that have happened with this game is far more complex and nuanced than Activision's evil or Bungie's a bad developer. It's so much more complex than that. And so whenever people start saying like, oh yay, no more Eververse, bye-bye Activision, I just feel like there's such a strong misunderstanding of what happened and where that came from. I think, was he glitched? He wasn't taking damage. That was weird. So, Eververse isn't going away, folks. If anything, the Eververse might expand, and one of the things you're going to probably have to do is accept that that's one of the means by which the the franchise is subsidized and paid for. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) And it's totally optional and cosmetically driven. Uh, Trap, Trapanime says, Hey Lono, with Bungie no longer being tied to Activision's yearly timeline, what possibilities could this present? By the way, first time seeing you in a long while. Oh, thank you. Uh, I think at a, at a ground level, at a ground level, I think what it does is it changes, it changes the nature of delivery, right? I think the annual pass was the beginning of that change. They're delivering content to us in a completely new way and they're learning hard lessons right they're learning hard lessons from the 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 first forge of black armory being 630 to niobe labs having content locked behind it and the puzzle being too hard for anybody to solve it god bless you glad he's the only one in there him and clyde are are doing the lord's work i i'm i've got ideas we may go back in there today but gee many freaking christmas like that they're learning hard (laughs) they're learning hard lessons but I think that's important going forward those lessons are going to inform not not the delivery style or schedule but what they deliver does that make sense so like when you think about the fact that they've decided weekly monthly injections is the way forward the player engagement's responding well to that. If you could do this in a more agile game, a bigger game, a more successful game, Destiny 3, if it's more successful, the the content style 
this is very, very analogous or like a parallel to Division in its end of life cycle using Division 1 as a beta test for Division 2. They pulled in they they pulled in the community, they had meetings, all of that. Isn't that interesting that Bungie's doing similar things with Destiny? community summits they're back and forth with us this is the most con this is the most communication we've ever had most back and forth the most tweeting back and forth the most changes the most updates the most we're listening to you we want to make these things for you right the most that they've ever done so that that theme going forward i think is very similar to division saying let's use our game to basically lay the groundwork for the next game And I think that is what Destiny 2 is going forward. The annual pass and the delivery of the annual pass, as well as what I believe is the Taken Queen in this September, I believe all of that, all of it, is a testing ground for the next game. The style and schedule isn't changing. I think this is the way going forward. I think the annual pass is the future for the content. But, but I think what they deliver, the depth of what they deliver, the grind, the perks, the mods, the investment, the, the leveling, the the infusion, all of those things are going to be getting tweaked all along the way so that when they they deliver Destiny 3, there's a there's a cohesion. There's a there's a handing off of the baton in the race. D1 to D2 was so jolting and jarring. It was like when somebody taps the brakes and like the, you know, you get snagged by the the belt in your car. It's like, what the frick did you guys do? Rise of Iron and Age of Triumph for the Golden Age of Destiny. And we've got static rolls and double primary. What did you do? I don't think that's going to happen going into Destiny 3. That is another layer, I think, of needing to break contract with Activision because Bungie's probably saying, we need to spend the next year not building another game, but learning and working and expanding D2 to become the template for the next game. And if the next game is being built in another engine, that's possibly what's going on right now. Right now, they're doing like a dev tool, world tool transfer to a new engine to get it big and ready to go. So as soon as it's time to be like, okay, this is this is exactly kind of, this is the template. This is the foundation. This is the blueprint for Destiny 3. The new engine's waiting and ready for them to just start plugging content into it. Start world building, start mission building, start everything building, right? That right there, if I'm right, again, we're just theorizing. If I'm right, that doesn't line up with Activision's contract. That's something they can do that they couldn't do previously to now. So, again, the lingering question mark is where's the money coming from? (laughs) Evo says, with D1 and D2 doing lackluster DLCs and then game-saving expansions, will D3 be on the same route with the current split? I don't think so because I think one of the reasons they needed to do game saving DLCs was because the launch titles were not ready. D1 wasn't ready, right? It wasn't. Uh, D2 wasn't ready at launch. Apparently, Deej updated his Twitter boundary. Uh, it has three suns on it. I mean, what, are we, we going to start trying to, to deduce Twitter banners now? Deej put three suns up. Um, that's just the that's a roof. That's like a very ornate uh, ceiling with with like three 
uh, sons on that. I don't, I don't, I don't think that means anything, guys. I would just, uh, I would settle down on some of the speculation, right? <laughs> the guy had roses in his name on Twitter. It's got something to do with the rose. And it turned out to be about him celebrating his team going to the Rose Bowl. <laughs> You dummies! Okay, let's go uh, to uh, <laughs> to the next. Oh, but yeah, I think the game-saving DLC was needed because of Destiny 1's launch and D2's launch not being ready, right? Imagine, imagine this. Imagine this with me. This is really going to blow your hair back, okay? Just pause for just a second. Let's really think about this. What if Destiny 1 never launches and it launches with the time the investment and the thoughtfulness that went into the taken king as one giant big huge trickled out drip feed piece of content it lands and there's so much to do and in between that and the taken king there's house of wolves and there's the dark below and there's all this stuff getting trickled out like pieces that we're getting now and it slowly builds to a crescendo of the taken king a year later that would have been an enormous success imagine imagine this with me imagine destiny 2 never launching but a year later it launches with the depth the thoughtfulness and the 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 changes and the groundwork that was in forsaken the work the thoughtfulness all of that is in the launch title we we never got that we never got a game like build all the way to its potential because of contractual obligations Right? I'm not some drooling fanboy right now. Like, think about it. If if you take Forsaken and you jam it into D2 Vanilla, it's huge. It's it's massive. It's an enormous launch game for sixty for sixty dollars. If you take the Taken King and House of Wolves and Dark Below and you jam it into the vanilla of D1 and then drip feed it with like an annual pass style, that's massive. It's that that nobody ever been like this is the most amazing success story of a console game in the history of ever. But they couldn't do that because of contractual obligations. They had to renegotiate just to delay Destiny 1 for one year. That was a renegotiation of the contract when they did that. Not with all the dumb changes they made with D2. Again, when you have more time, D2, I don't think D2 would have happened, right? D1 would have landed with way more content, way more things in it. Sure, sure. I still think the game would have limped. I still think the game would have limped because of the dev tools in the engine. Like, they would have delivered it all and we'd have been like, we don't like this or we don't like these investment paths or we don't like this leveling. And they would have struggled to tweak all those things. And it still could have led to, you know, some foundational changes to D1, Destiny's philosophy that made D2 so casualified. But I think, I, I think at the end of it, I... I just thinking that through you can see one of the main culprits and one of the main villains here wasn't Activision and it wasn't Bungie it was it was it was timetables that just didn't work with the quality that they wanted to deliver and if if they would have been able to take everything we've seen them do i mean dude forsaken landed a year after D2 and look at everything it did for the game like, look at what they were able to do one year after uh, after D2 launched. Imagine what they could do if they were able to really take their time. I've always said that. 
if they could really take their time, build in a new engine, use new dev tools, and not be cranking out something before it's ready, think of what they could do. Like, when they really dig in and take their time, this is another reason why I think they had to break contract. I think when they pivoted to Forsaken, I think they halted all production of the next game. I think they said, stop the freaking presses. This is a disaster. There won't be a Destiny 3. The franchise might die if we don't fix this, right? And I think that didn't go over very well at all with Activision. Not only the lackluster performance and sales, but like the pivot in timetable. They were probably like, seriously, again? Really? We're going to do this again? You guys want to renegotiate again? Really? Like, it probably wasn't exactly a a great conversation uh, when that happened. And I think that pivot and change is one more piece of the equation that led to the contraction, the contractual obligation just needing to be broken and being like, we can't do this anymore. It's not working. So D3 delayed. I mean, D3 can only be delayed if you have a launch date. So we don't have a launch date, uh, meaning you can't delay a game that's never been announced. You know, it internally, sure, their timetables could shift, but unless they've announced the launch date, it can't be delayed. That's not a thing can't delay an unannounced game rusty 022 do you see bungie redesigning some quests or progression systems now that they won't have activision to focus on player engagement or player hours or do you think there's still an important focus in a game like destiny see i actually have heard this a lot that people people claim that the milestone system and the way that they did the leveling and things of that nature was influenced by Activision's focus on player numbers and player engagement hours. I don't know how much validity there is to this theory. Let's just say it's true, then they can shift away from some of that. That's good news for the player. If it's not true, if this idea came from Bungie, that's still good news for the player because we're providing feedback and Bungie's adapting the game to what everybody's been saying. I believe enhancement cores are getting taken out of infusion. Leveling has been streamlined. That theme is going to continue so that people can play and enjoy the drip feed content. If a leveling increase comes every season, every season, for frick's sake, you have to streamline leveling. Or you don't have a player base engaging with the content that doesn't work so regardless of whose idea it was if it was Activision's idea they're out of the picture now if it was Bungie's idea we're basically saying stop this we don't like it we don't like being forced to play Gambit or Crucible if you want me to play Gambit or Crucible Bungie this is how you get me to play Gambit or Crucible you put a bounty in Drifter's inventory like Ada and I know what I'm getting and grinding for I would grind Okay, as much as I don't like Gambit, I would grind Gambit if I knew after so many games I was getting a trust. Just like I'm grinding Forges knowing every so often I get an Orchid. I would. I 100% would. I would do that for the, the any of the weapons that we were trying to chase, like when we were trying to get a, a parcel of Stardust. You want, me to get to, you want to get me to play Crucible? Don't put a freaking milestone in there that becomes irrelevant to me once I'm at max level. Put a bounty in Shax's inventory that motivates me to go play. That's how you get me to go play. Like, that kind of feedback, obviously I'm getting saucy and loud and passionate, but like, that kind of feedback is how we get changed. Like, they're going to say, okay, all right, we see you. We see what you guys are responding to. I said this in D1. I said, don't play content you don't like. Don't play content you think isn't rewarding enough. Don't freaking do it. Because Bungie checks their numbers, right? 
the pivot to Ada bounties and Ada rhythm is important. If people are doing that and enjoying that more and Gambit's engagement continues to go down, as people level faster and tip over into not needing milestones anymore, if that means people pivot away from Gambit, that communicates something to Bungie. And you combine that with our feedback and you have a recipe for good change in the game. They'll say, okay, we'll modify incentivization. We'll modify Gambit. Um... So, whether or not it was Activision driving the course of the milestones is kind of irrelevant at that at this point because we're either free from that influence or not. And either in either equation, our feedback is going to continue to dictate how that changes. So, keep providing your feedback. Come in here and tell me I'm wrong, but then tell me why, right? Come in here and talk about how you can't level up. Go to YouTube. Go to Reddit. Go to the forums. Talk about your experiences with RNG and titles and RNG and the exotic quest. Share those with Bungie. Those are important things to share because that's going to influence things going forward. That's going to influence what the game turns into. That's going to take us on another journey away from things that we don't like and toward things that we do like. That's why this format, I think, is is catching on the Q&A format SNTR presents because I think people love to be heard and they love to converse about things that they love. They'll rant and rave with their buddy every week at the bar about about the Giants and the and, and the Jets and the Pats or whoever your freaking team is, right? And this is our this is our football team, right? This is the team that we root for. This is the thing that we engage with. So we love to come together and talk about it. And I think we're in such a sweet, sweet time right now because we get to enjoy watching the game progress. We get to enjoy watching the game change and potentially flourish into the game that we've always hoped it could be. Instead of always feeling like, man, the game just always limps. The game just always struggles to get out of the starting blocks. I think those days are, are, are going to be behind us very soon. Um, very soon. Man of Steel. Just playing devil's advocate here. Could it not be that after the Rocky release of Black Armory, Activision said, that's enough P- uh, bad PR is enough. Uh... They have been cast as the big bad in the story, but maybe the behind the scenes that they were just tired of all the fumbles. I hope it's not true, but we need to be fair to both parties. I've been very fair and charitable uh, to Activision's role in this scenario today. Now, I don't know about chat. I can't catch everything that's said. I mean, we have, you know, 1,400 viewers right now, but I have been what I would consider to be extremely fair, diplomatic, and charitable in the discussion towards Activision's part uh, in the equation. Now, with that having been said, let's interact with what you're actually saying here. There is the possibility that Activision said, we're tired of this, this isn't profitable enough for us, we're out, okay? That is possible, okay? Now, even, like, so let's just say that's the worst case scenario, is that Activision said, we're out, dude, screw this, you're not making us enough money, Okay? That doesn't necessarily mean that the game is in bad shape or on a bad path, right? Because from what we know about just the celebration from Sony, Microsoft, and Epic, this is a potentially better path for Bungie. And what Activision considers profitable isn't deterministic of success of a video game franchise, right? That's not what determines success. Like, their margins and expectations for their shareholders and and what they think is good for 
good for results, revenue, and growth is not what determines the success of, of a video game or a franchise, right? Activision's opinion about the performance of Destiny 2 forsaken the annual pass, their opinion is driven by money, right? That is deterministic of a game's success, but what's also deterministic of a game's success is enduring player base, daily player engagement, uh, consumer response, are you being talked about? Are you relevant? These are all things that are a little less tangible than zeros and ones and dollar signs because, like, think of it this way. If the player base is strong and enduring, that's great and that's good news for Bungie, but what that doesn't translate into is just a bunch of constant revenue stream to make Activision happy. You see what I'm saying? Like, your annual pass sales might have been good, but then what? What are you selling next? Well, we're not going to sell anything until September of, of, of 2019. Yeah, well, that doesn't work. You need to start selling this. You need to start selling that. Well, no, I mean, we're not, we don't want to do that. We don't want to sell this. We don't want to spend more. We don't want people to spend more money. We don't want them to have to buy each piece individually if they decide suddenly to jump in. Like, who knows how many conversations were had about this structure where Activision was like, we don't think this is going to be as good. And what's Bungie's consistent communication have been? What's they been, what have they been saying? We think this is the game that they that the, that the players want. We're building a game for the players. Tron, I fight for the user. I play for the user, right? Like that's the that's been the consistent that's been the consistent feedback. What do they say that I said was the most important line? They said with Forsaken, we've learned, listened, and leaned into what we believe our players want from a great Destiny experience. That's their concern. That doesn't line up with making tons of money every quarter. It, it does mean they're making money. It does mean they're successful. It does mean they have a sustainable franchise. But it doesn't mean that they are... That's a good roll on that if they ever fix snipers. Triple tap and rapid hit. That's nice. Uh, reload masterwork and ac- uh, and flared magwell that's nice um i i th- i think that i think that they've made it clear that's their priority and i don't think that priority lines up with a company that is concerned with shareholders and concerned with making money right if the if the if the destiny community feels good about the future feels good about the content and is playing over a million players a day that to Bungie might be like we can work with this. Market research states that we can we can take this into the future. We can we can build off this, and we don't need Activision, right? This new format, this new whatever they're gonna do that's different, right? All of that is communicating to Bungie that they can float on their own, apparently. Or Activision says, "Nah, we're out. We don't like this. We don't like your structure. We're done." I mean. If that's the case, then it might be bad and it might be rocky on the beginning, but it could get better with time as long as they're able to stabilize and crank out content at their pace that they think is, is you know, better for the quality. Uh, bad Robot. A lot of people were hurt by Destiny's decision making and many to blame Activision for it. Um, a lot of people were hurt by Destiny's decision making and many blame Activision for it. Do you think this news will reignite fans who have lost interest in the game? It certainly has everybody's attention, right? It certainly has everybody's attention. I mean, people... Bungie was trending on Twitter. 
Uh, I think globally. I think they were globally trending on Twitter after this announcement. Uh, figureheads at the biggest, some of the biggest video game figureheads in the world commented on this. You know, co-founder, co-owner of uh, Epic. You know, the biggest game in the world right now, Fortnite. He comments. PlayStation and Sony comment. You know, Phil Spencer comments. These are uh, these are big things. Even Wish came to say something. That's how you know. Did Wish come in here and say something? I, I miss Sam coming in and saying something. Or are you talking about on Twitter? I I think that uh, I think this could be again. This is if 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 it reignites people's interest, then that's good. That's good. I, I've not seen a single negative comment. Now I've seen people basically saying bye Felicia and you know basically kind of smugly giving the finger a little bit to Activision and I don't think that's necessary I don't think that's helpful uh, I'm not calling anybody out I know a lot of people were just like thrilled to see the change but I think in our celebration we can we can kind of throw and set our ire towards some somebody or or something that in many respects doesn't deserve that so thanks babe I didn't know if you liked it enough to do it again uh, deck. Sorry for two questions. While yes, Activision pushed Bungie to meet timelines, do you think there's a concern that content may take a very long time to be made to release now? Well, if the drip, if if Bungie can maintain drip, the drip feed format, and then also build big pieces, big deliverables, then I think we'll be okay, right? I I think that. I think that's I think that's that's the way forward, right? If you make us wait a long time for delivery on big pieces, I think the annual pass kind of gets us there. The annual pass structure, you know, that's why whenever they first announced it, I remember I feel like this plan has been in place for a long time, right? I really do. I feel like the the, the idea that um, you're you're gonna change the delivery schedule. You're gonna change the delivery style. I think from the very beginning of that that announcement, that that was kind of the beginning of the shift, right? It was we're moving away from this style that we've done in the past, and we want to go towards something that will get rid of the content drought. You know, um, I think that is I think that is a far better. Uh, situation, and I also think when they initially announced that, that was sort of the beginning of the shift. Uh, this plan has been maybe in place for quite a while, you know, and they just wanted to get into 2019. For whatever reason, they wanted to wait until they got into 2019. I don't know if this is reactionary as some people are thinking that it is, like, oh, this is because of the Activision call, this is because Black Armory reception was poor, you know, I, I don't know. What mod do you use on the Breakneck Rampage spec? Uh, D. McGee, do you think we could see a final MMORPG sort of version of Destiny with the next iteration uh, where oh, only expansions are added? Now, that could be that could be the end game, right? That could be the end game. That could be the goal. Um, and if that's the end game and the goal, it'll take us a while to get there. But that's in line with the predictions and the leaks about like, oh, the next iteration of the game is going to be more RPG driven, right? We, you know, we heard that rumor a long time ago. Um, so 
very, very likely that that's the goal is to get us to that point. I just, the only problem with that is, the only problem with that is, without a subscription fee, I just don't know how a company subsidizes that. You, you have to be like Fortnite, right? You have to have a ravenous player base that's buying, that's buying massive margin items like skins, you know? 20, $20 for a skin that costs them, you know, production-wise, pennies to create and distribute. <laughs> so, I, I don't know. Um, I don't I don't know if we're going to make it that, that far to a full MMORPG, because again, I would be concerned about pricing and structure and subsidization, like uh, subsidizing it. Uh, Lotus says, does this announcement spawn from how Epic Games went more independent with Fortnite? Do you think Fortnite had an impact on the mentality uh, of the game, or do you think this was the plan all along? Um, did we, oh, did we fail? Or did I not, I didn't shoot the boss, which means I won't get the things. I wasn't paying attention. Uh, they just failed? Oh, did we just fail? I, I wasn't paying attention. I'm, I'm reading questions. I was like, oh, I didn't shoot the boss. We had an AFK player, I guess. I mean, we were in our corner killing the blue guys. I'm surprised we fell behind. Uh, we had two FKs in a row. I wasn't watching the time either. Yeah, it's hard with answering questions. I do think Fortnite influenced the... I think they influenced the the culture. I think they influenced what's happening. And I don't know if like Bungie's like, Yo, look at this. Let's do the same thing. I think it's one of one piece of the puzzle that led to this. Like, I think we can do this. I think we can get a float. Let's do some market testing. Let's talk to Epic. Let's talk to Sony. Let's talk to, um, let's talk to Microsoft. Like, let's get to a place where you know this is something that we feel empowered to do, and let's do it. And I think that Fortnite and Epic played a part in that, in the market, and in the change of expectations. I think Sony's changed their uh, opinion about crossplay. I think because. What the we always said what would make Sony change their mind was money. Like, can this make us money? And I don't know if that's what's happened, but I would wager to say crossplay on Fortnite probably has resulted in net net gains for Sony. I always just thought they should put Sony themed skins in the in the in the in the marketplace, and if you allow crossplay, then people on Xbox can buy skins that make money for Sony. So Sony taps into a market they presently don't make money from. Same with PC, the Nintendo Switch, and mobile. If I can buy a pickaxe, you know, that looks like God of War, and I have, you know, some emotes that are influenced by God of War, and a percentage of that royalty goes to Sony, I just always thought, why wouldn't you do that? Because then if an Xbox player, a PC player, or a mobile player buys that skin, you make a cut of that. Even if you only make a couple dollars or, or, or a dollar per sale, I mean, that's millions of dollars from a market that you currently don't have any access to. People that exclusively play on PC and Xbox don't ever don't ever interact with your your marketplace, Sony. It's like, I never understood why they didn't do that. Now, that might have had something to do with Epic. Epic might have not wanted to start putting those type of skins in their... In their uh, in their marketplace because that pulls from their revenue, right? Well, instead of pushing out, you know, skins that they make all the revenue from, they're gonna, you know, they're gonna start sharing revenue on skin sales of of Thanos or Horizon Zero Dawn or whatever, and then that would potentially not be something they want to do. So, I mean, that could have been a potential solution, but maybe just crossplay in general has changed Sony's 
you know, tune because of they just see more people playing Fortnite, more people buying Fortnite, and it being tied to people who can crossplay. Like they see people booting up and playing crossplay, and then they see those people spending money, and they're like, "This is related to consumer satisfaction, and consumer satisfaction leads to consumer loyalty, and consumer loyalty leads to purchases." And if they can, they can quantify that and measure that, then crossplay may be in the future for most games. Sky Elliot, <clears throat> my biggest concern right now is that D1 favorite, the last word will come back weaker uh, than all other 180s such as Luna's and the Not Forgotten. I feel that this will have a negative impact on the community because one of their favorite memories is now a joke. There's nothing for you to base this off of, so I'm going to skip right over your question. This is total, just out of the blue, wild speculation about the last word being weak and then everybody being upset. There's literally no reason to even table this. We'll wait until the, the gun's in the game. Uh, Baker's Coco says, and I mean, I'm doing wild speculation myself, but there's just, there's no reason to even talk about that. Uh, we're not talking about that right now in general. Anyway, we're talking about Activision and the split with Bungie, not the potential badness of the last word and the potential, uh, you know, fallout from that. It's just, I'm not, I don't want to disrespect your question. It just, there's no reason to spend much time on this. Uh, Baker's Coco, do you feel that Bungie's reluctance to do a full, full-on full microtransaction store is a big part of the split-up? I feel that since shareholders weren't happy uh, with the returns that Activision wanted to add them more microtransactions to make it for the ROI concerns. Again, I mean, everything we've looked at and seen that gets kind of leaked out from, you know, internal internal things from Bungie seems to indicate that the, the, the Eververse was their idea. Now, maybe once it was in place... Activision was like, this is how you should run it, this is how you should do it, and Bungie just refused. I mean, to a certain extent, I I still to this day don't know how well the Eververse performs. I just don't think it performs well. I think it's confusing and muddled, and I don't think it it motivates purchase and spending. I just don't think it motivates purchase and spending. It, it, it seems confusing. The currency you need isn't the currency that you can pay for, you know, you need you need the the bright dust, but you buy silver. Like, I don't know. I, I just I don't know what's going to happen with the Eververse. But again, I don't think historically we can hang the Eververse on Activision's neck. Jay Kenny, uh, are you at all concerned that without Activision, we may see the PC version of Destiny suffer since the PC port was originally made by Vicarious Visions? I don't think Bungie would ever abandon. A player base, especially not the, the PC player base. Uh, the PC player base is not that large right now, but the PC player base of gamers is large. Um, and that would be a really, really bad like PR move to shift and be like, things are going to be so much better now, and then abandoned you know, abandon Destiny on the PC. <clears throat> I don't, so I don't, I don't think that's a possibility or a concern to have. Um, the only concern we really have is timetables at this point may stretch really far. And if they stretch too far, that can be bad for consumer reception. You can only sort of, you can only sort of drag out interest and intrigue for so long. I mean, we've seen that with delays of games and what happens. So, consumer expectation and consumer response to the, the you know the new schedules and things that end up coming from this 
would be one of the one of the sort of potential concerns we would have. Not that it means we would get bad content, but that Bungie might feel the pressure from the, the public to deliver things faster. And then the entire reason they left Activision would be would be sort of lost because they would still be feeling rushed, and then they would just have less money coming in for, you know, from a publisher. So I. We'll just have to wait and see. I mean, some of this is just is just very, very unknown uh, right now. So, next question from Secret Ghost: Since High Moon Studios and High Vicarious Visions are Activision-owned studios, how could that affect the content they're working on or whatever they did for the content? I mean, they'll probably finish obligations and things that they're working on because that's something they've obviously probably been contracted for and subsequently uh, paid for. But, but. I don't think they'll be working on stuff beyond that. I think that'll be kind of the end of that. So we've, we've touched on that quite a bit. Kim.com, thanks again for being here, Kim, and for gifting some subs. Um, would you buy shares of Bungie in a Bungie IPO? If yes, how much would you invest? And do you think that Bungie could raise $1 billion to make Destiny the game that we are all hoping for? Okay, so if Bungie were to go public <laughs> and basically allow the the consumers and the investors of the world to essentially fund their their ventures from here on out um i would buy uh i would i would i would buy quite a bit actually because i actually think all eyes are on bungie it's one of the more successful and more long-standing franchises in existence it has one of the most ravenous player bases in existence uh, they have a lot in their corner. They have their name. They have they have the popularity, uh, and they have a very very committed and loyal fan base. So, I 100% would buy. Now, obviously, I wouldn't like dump savings and checking into it and, and put my entire family's livelihood and future at risk. But I would have no problem uh, buying. Now, the danger there as a content creator would be. Uh, being open and honest with the public about the fact that I own, you know, shares in the game, and then obviously a content creator that does this would receive tons of criticism anytime they're they are uh, being positive about the game. I could be pe- being positive about something as simple as a UI element that I like, and somebody would be like, "You're just saying that because you own shares. You're a freaking sellout." I think that could get really complicated for content creators um, because we already have people that accuse us of being apologists and making money, and Bungie paying us and being on the Bungie payroll. That's already something that we deal with. Obviously, it has no foot in reality. It's not. It's not anything that can be proven because it's false but it could be a potentially legitimate criticism if we if we did end up owning shares so that could get really really complicated and I mean obviously like I said I believe in the game and I would have that in my corner I would have you know four years of playing the game since it's beta I would have you know three years of content creation in my corner to say I believed in this game for a long time you know my content speaks for itself obviously yes I'm gonna buy shares because I believe that the game will be successful uh but it that i don't even know what the fcc would say about that honestly like i don't know i don't know i don't even know what the fcc uh would say because like i i have to be public about that probably destiny is done the focus has shifted into the new game with netease literally nothing to back that up and bungie indicated that that's not true given that they have exciting things to announce beyond uh this season so that couldn't be more uh, false. 
and nobody would be celebrating them. Microsoft and Sony and Epic would not be attaching their name and credibility to the celebration of this if that was actually what was going on. They were just pivoting to the next game. The NetEase game, by the way, was only $100 million, which is not that much in the grand scheme of things, which likely is not a full company project or full company release. So again, ignorance leads people to saying very stupid things. That's the furthest thing from the truth. Um, only a hundred million. Yeah, that's not actually that much, and it's probably for like a Japanese mobile game, from what people have been saying. Uh, and it more than likely isn't going to be the. It's not going to be the, the a full a full company press. I don't think. I mean, if that was the case, they wouldn't announce this. I don't think. Um, I don't think they would have announced this if that's what's happening. Like that, you wouldn't try and spin this. You wouldn't try and spin this. You would just pivot and focus on that game. You you you're gonna sink that game. You're you're gonna hurt that game if that's what if that's what they're doing. So, yeah. Uh, is the new IP called Matter? Yeah. I, I again. I we don't know what it is. We don't know what it's for. But that's just been the speculation given NetEase's history, is that it's a, uh, it's for a like a mobile game in the in the Asian market. So. Next question, uh, Clever Flames. Do you think Bungie could hard cap the light before the raid to stop bad RNG? Yeah, we've talked about this before. I mean, even Giggs, you know, the guy on the world's first team for Scourge said this. I mean, he didn't say I agree with Lono, but he said literally exactly what I had already said, and he's holding the trophy for world's first. I mean, he said there needs to be a hard cap so that the race is fair and even and not based on folks holding on to Iron Banner bounties and and folks with good or bad RNG having leveling advantages. I mean, Connor's team only had one person below the delta of... 41. They had someone at 638. Everyone was 641 or higher, which means they never were below the delta of the encounters, which means they were significantly in an advantaged position. That doesn't take away from their achievement, but it certainly makes makes for a n- not exactly a pure or fair race. Uh, Deeds263. Do you think Bungie will continue to deliver DLCs like this annual pass or try something new because of Activision's handcuffs? Uh, which do you prefer, a big content drop or drip feed? I think the two... Really? You need to move around right now? Uh, I think the I think the two played very, very well together. Uh, because he jumped right in front of me while I was shooting. Why are you running around, Milo? <laughs> Ants in your pants? Uh, I think the two play very, very well together. I think Forsaken into the annual pass is a good format. Right? You, you structure the game... You structure the game in a way where you change the ethos, you change the feel, you you give us big places in a story, right? You do that, and then after that, you drip feed content to kind of keep us in the lanes. I I don't know if there's really another way, right? Um, I don't know if there's a really a really another way because if 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 they focus on only big content drops, then there's big droughts and there's nothing to do. If they only focus on annual pass, then there's never big changes, there's never big injections, there's never big there's never big big shifts in the game, right? It's almost like each needs the other. 
The annual pass needs something annual like Forsaken, or what I've been saying would be the Taken Queen this year. And those big deliverables like Forsaken, or if we get a Taken Queen in September, those need the annual pass. I don't know. I feel like the two need each other in order for them to even function. When they just did DLC deliverables, it didn't work. If they just did really big deliverables, it wouldn't work. So, uh, a big, a big panda. What do you think about Niobe Labs still not having been solved? It's because the clues suck. The clues suck. We'll just call the spade a spade, okay? Lab Lucky and Buttwipe tweeted the image of the gems and was like, how in the world was this supposed to tell us stand on butterfly and shoot tree with three people? Giggs, Professor Broman, and anybody else that was in there all chimed in and were like, it's, it's a bad clue. Like, if I'm saying it's a bad clue and they're saying it's a bad clue and this guy over here is saying it's a bad clue, it's a bad clue! It's a bad clue. And the last, and the last clue is no different. It's no different. And listen, I like I have no issue with Glad, but him expecting Bungie or Dylan or any of them to confirm, right? To confirm whether or not the void is flipped on purpose or by accident, they can't tell him that. That's information that nobody else had when they were trying to solve it, right? He, he cannot expect them to respond. I know that he's in the trenches and he just wants to solve it, but they can't respond to him. If they were to suddenly give him that information and then he turned around and in an hour, two hours, three hours, solved it because they basically confirmed or denied whether the void is flipped on purpose, that would sully the entire thing, right? Listen, at this point in time, okay, they need to announce... We will start giving clues at this day and this time on the hour. And then everybody can prepare. Dado can get his team back in there. I can prepare. Wobblers, Glad, everybody. Gigs, we can all jump back in there and get ready for the first clue and start hammering away at it. You can't start giving out information now randomly. That would be ridiculously unfair and wrong. Because, listen, I didn't stream for 34 hours for Bungie to come back a couple days later and give a clue to somebody else that helps them solve that. That's bull. And I'm again, I don't have an issue with Glad, but he has to understand why they're never going to answer him. They can't. If they do, it would honestly be worse. It would be very bad, very bad PR for suddenly somebody to solve it because they got free information from Bungie. Like... There's just no way. There's no way they can give out information now. And listen, listen, it's frustrating, okay? It's frustrating. I would love for it to get solved. I would. I would love for it to get solved. Did I not buy... Did I not buy her bounty? I'm so dumb. Where's her bounty for completing... Oh, that's why I have two powerfuls gone. Okay, I'm stupid. Ignore me. Ignore me, chat. So, I'm bummed it hasn't been solved. I really think their best course of action is is that. Their best course of action is to say, we will start dispersing clues at this date and time. You have until then if you would like to solve this without any help. We're not, we are not going to respond to anyone or any tweet about anything until then. And even then, we're not going to respond to people. We're going to release clues. I think the Void logo is on purpose, but who the frick knows? Rodeo Clowns. 
Boogie made a great point yesterday. With Destiny moving forward, they need either to eliminate paid DLCs or microtransactions. What are your thoughts? I would be really interested to know what Boogie would suggest in place of that. I love Boogie. I think he's got I think he's got good insight and I think he has good things to say about a lot of this kind of thing, but I would be very interested to hear his solution then as to what they're supposed to do. But where where will the money come from if you do that? Microtransactions? Listen, a lot of companies have tried the free game as service microtransactions thing and it doesn't work. Your game has to hit like the level of Fortnite popularity for people to justify spending that kind of money that often. It's not, I just don't think so. And I know Snives is saying he wants monthly. I would be, listen, listen. I would pay, I would pay $10 a month easy. Maybe a little bit more, but I would spend $10 a month easy for Destiny. If, if I was getting the, the MMO treatment, dedicated servers, we would get a new engine, deliverable content. I wouldn't pay it for this, right? But if I'm paying that, then you have to deliver what typically goes hand in hand with that, right? I would not hesitate to pay $10 a month. I wouldn't. Here you go. Credit card. Swipe it. Let me play. Give me all the stuff. Give me the big worlds. Give me all this, you know, and then I know that like I'm investing in the future of a franchise that could be like the the likes of World of Warcraft, right? And I know tons of people would throw their hands in the air and be like, "F this, F you Bungie, I'm not paying a, I'm not paying. No, your game sucks. I'm not playing." Tons of people would say that. It would be a huge gamble. But I think a lot of people would be willing to pay it. And I think if they paid it and people started playing it and loving it, people would be like, okay, well, let me think about this. 10 bucks isn't that bad. 10 bucks is $120 a year. That's the price of two games. And if I'm playing the game literally every day, every week, every month, that's more than I would play any other two games that I would buy for $120. Okay, I'll do it. Right? I don't know. I, I feel like as long as the quality was there, people would start people would start doing it. But again, again, You've, you've really, really got to deliver big, huge content, big open worlds, and long grind and good quality if people are going to start chunking up $10 a month. Because to you, it seems like nothing, but to most of the consumers of video games, like on consoles and stuff, they would be like, dude, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not doing that. I'm not paying that kind of money. I already pay for my cable. I already pay for television programs I don't watch, and I already pay for Xbox Live. I'm not paying another dime. There are tons of people that would reject it, so the quality would have to be there, or it wouldn't get off the ground. Uh, does this split from the one and only? Does this split uh, raise any concerns about Bungie and ultimately Destiny tanking or dying? And Activision wants to jump ship altogether before it hits bottom. I enjoy this game and this community so much. Just want to see it succeed. I'll tell you why I don't think that's happening. They were key. They were very key to say, okay, they were very key to say, um, we are retaining the rights to the IP. We are continuing the seasonal things that we have already planned and promised, and we have exciting announcements for what's going to happen beyond that. Okay, those three realities wouldn't be stated in such big, bold terms if they were just cutting, if they were just cutting, cutting the cord, right? I, I don't, I don't think, I don't think that's what's going on. 
Now, Activision being displeased with the results is a part of the equation in the conversation, no doubt. No doubt. But, I don't think that Activision went to Bungie and were like, your game sucks, we're not making money, get the frick out, we'll let you out of the contract, you can keep the IP. Yeah. I don't think that was the tone at all. I don't think figureheads of Sony and Microsoft and Epic would have attached themselves to this announcement if that's what was going on. They wouldn't touch it with a 10-foot frickin' pole. They'd be like, we're not touching that announcement. This is gonna this is gonna blow up in about a month or two. I think there's a lot in the corner of confidence and excitement instead of like worry and pessimism. So uh Uh, da, 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 da. Short bus. Are High Moon and Vicarious Visions independent studios contracted or owned by Activision? I think they're owned by Activision, and like I said, they'll probably be uninvolved in the future. Uh, Sky Elliot says, Do you think maybe your idea of using relics to invade in Gambit can be used in PvP and D3? When you go into PvP, your armor mods and weapons are all turned into relics identical of the original. Um, the way they can nerf and buff the relics in PvP and reintroduce more powerful broken weapons for PvE. I mean, you're on to something. I mean, what if what if they could even say that they use the technology um cuz you remember how Osiris says Shaq sounds like me? What if they like what if Shaq and Osiris worked together and said, "We're going to start using uh these simulations for these simulated combat exercises?" And what it's going to do is it's going to create a version of your loadout and your weapons. So grinding for certain weapons is going to benefit you in the Crucible, but it will be like a simulation. And as you're saying, it would convert your weapons to relics. So then Bungie could say, well, this hand cannon's going into the Crucible and its relic is too strong. We need to nerf the relic. And then everybody in PvE is like, okay, cool. That doesn't affect us. Our gun is still awesome. Our super is still awesome. You're on to something. That's freaking elaborate and to a certain degree not going to happen anytime soon. I mean, that is that is not happening in this side of Destiny. So, it could have been a mutual split. Could have been. Azuma Kazuma, what if using the Unreal Engine takes longer to put out? Destiny 3 comes out late 2021 or early 2022. Here's the thing. I actually argued earlier that I could see 2021 being an actual good launch date time frame. A good launch date time frame for 2021 uh, could be 2021, and I'll tell you why. Basically, what I said was you that the launch the launch of consoles in 2020 would almost maybe potentially not guaranteed, but it could overshadow. It could overshadow the launch of Destiny 2. You also have people that have to be convinced to buy, right, the new consoles. And then a year later, the consoles are in circulation, and it's easier to get people to buy. You also have people that would be maybe more willing to buy at that point, because you could have really cool combo units you sell, it's a big Christmas sale, etc. And then what happens when you do that is... The market's already shifted, and it's a much easier sell for Bungie to say, 2021, the new game's launching. They have more time to build it. That's good, too, right? And when they have more time to build it, we end up with a better game. Now, on the flip side of waiting that long is, well, wait, what are we going to get in the meantime? Well, I mean, the drip feed content could work, right? It could work. The DLC 
could be a good like middle ground right and I think that they could stand to have a much bigger game and, and here's why the launch title could land on Xbox One, PS4, and the new consoles, and then a year later in 2022, they would be so much more justified in saying this DLC for 2022 is only on the new consoles. We wanted to really take advantage of them. We really, really wanted to take advantage of their space, their processing. The engagements we're going to build are going to be so much bigger and more expansive. We needed to harness the power of these new consoles. They would be far more empowered to leave behind Xbox One and PS5 in 2022. So, it's, it's a lot of speculation, but I could see them not launching 2020. They don't want to deal with the 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 market skepticism or speculation about new consoles they don't want to deal with the market uncertainty about the new consoles they want to let the new consoles stabilize before they try and like you know get out there and launch on them and again then they would be more justified later on when they decide we're going to we're going to totally leave behind uh, the old consoles like in in like the way they left behind the 360s and the PS3 Mr. Anderson, do you think it will be D3 when we will see what Bungie does without Activision, or maybe we'll see it in the future DLC? It's very possible we'll see it in the next DLC. It's very possible. Now, that that's pretty fast, right? That's very fast. That's, like, just around the corner. In the development world, that's just around the corner. Like, if September we get an actual DLC, I mean, that's, that's like, tomorrow in the, in the, in the development world. <laughs> like, that's very soon. So, I don't know if that's soon enough. You might be right. We might have to wait till D3, you know, to get there. Um... <clears throat> Activision did not look like they wanted the IP before this because they said so much a few months ago. Right, because like, here's the thing, and this again is not a measurement of whether or not Destiny is a success or Destiny can be a success. If, if Activision says, this doesn't fit our format of monetization, this doesn't fit our format of, of revenue stream... That to them doesn't line up with what they like or what they what they think is is a quote unquote success. That's not a mark against Destiny. Uh, Destiny as a franchise. That just means they shouldn't be working with Activision, right? Like if your company specializes in in mobile games that are like Candy Crush, you probably shouldn't get into bed with and start publishing uh, a a freaking like. Magic the Gathering style card game, right? That wouldn't be a good fit because the rhythm of deliverable, how many pack, what you could sell, blah, 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 blah. Like all those things would make it like not a good fit. Like the publisher of those style of games would be like, we're not really a fan of what you're pumping out here. And then there would be a parting of ways that would just naturally make sense. I feel like that ultimately is what has happened here is that Activision has said, you know, our our plan going forward and, and the kind of things that we like and the kind of rhythms that we like is just not in line with what you guys are wanting to do with Destiny. And I think some of it's related to the annual pass. I think the annual pass is like, Bungie's like, look, the, the, the format that we've been using just hasn't been working. We really need to try a different format. And Activision's like, we don't like the new format. It doesn't generate enough revenue. That doesn't mean that Bungie is a failure or that Destiny's a failure. It means the two companies' visions for the future aren't aligned. And they should, very intelligently and wisely, part ways, you know, to keep to keep that misalignment from dragging both of them under, you know. So, uh, J Black four four two seven 
do you think D2, uh, do you think D3 could be the final for Destiny uh, by turning Destiny truly into a platform? Oh, could it be the final Destiny? Yeah, I mean, I, there, it's, it's difficult to know. I mean, it's difficult to know. It's, it's a lot of speculation about what exactly could happen, but Bungie could finally say, let's just build a container, let's build a platform, let's build a game that is the game that we wanted to make all along and let's let's make it let's make it the, the let's make Destiny 3 the game that people play for 10 years. Let's make Destiny 3 the game that people can't put down as a long-standing franchise like WoW uh, and other other MMOs that have, you know, tried to last. I don't know how long EverQuest lasted. EverQuest is probably still around, but um you know. So, oh, I want to read what this guy said. D2 is an L. It lost so many players. Sure. Uh, you're not familiar with my content if you think I'm sitting here trying to defend Destiny 2's launch. Destiny 2's launch was bad. It was really bad. Um, go back and watch all of my content. I spent a year talking about how bad Destiny 2 was, how much better it should have been, uh, what I felt the the root cause of the problem was, um, all of that. Um, I, I, I genuinely... Have, I think I have firmly made it clear that I uh, wasn't happy with the launch of Destiny 2. None of that has anything to do with what we're talking about right now uh, at all. So, I saw Prime Attunement, and I must have got it from the reset, and I thought it was the armor thing. Galaxy Beams. With the recent development of Bungie going solo and all the support from fellow companies, would it be wise for Bungie to go all in and partner up with everyone so soon or scope the spectrum out? Uh, of the most profitable route and some exclusivity to it. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know if they're going to want to go the route of like selling off pieces of the game, you know, with with exclusivity. You know, I don't know if that's the answer. I don't know if if they're just going to try and and get and and subsidize the game in a more creative way than we've ever seen. I honestly don't know. That is, as, as I said, that's the big question mark. Where's the money going to come from? Uh... Baba Boom says, "What do you think the obstacles of cross-platform play would be? Do you think it is feasible for us to see this feature before the end of the year?" You know, if I if I'm honest, I don't think cross-play is 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 not isn't happening because of Activision. <laughs> like that's that's not why we're not getting cross-play. Uh, we're not getting cross-play because of Sony. Now again, Sony's maybe changing their thought on this because of Fortnite and maybe they're looking and saying man crossplay would be really really great even cross save would be a great introduction because we would make more money there are people that would buy the game on Sony because maybe they pivoted to Sony and maybe they could play with their buds you know maybe the people on PC would buy it on Sony cuz it you know they could play on all the platforms you know i i just i don't know i i don't think that that crossplay or cross save hurts these companies i think pride and and really stupid mantras about what they want to do with their company and their in their and their oh we want to protect our our player base i just think there's a lot of dumb things said and i hope a lot of that goes away and we do get cross play uh and cross save because honestly consumers all benefit greatly and hugely uh from that and i think i think that is that is that is the key going forward uh, Bungie signed a 10-year contract with Activision for Destiny. Now that Activision is gone, does that mean Destiny will have a new content uh, past the 10-year plan for Destiny? 
I mean, listen, I'm not going to speak for Bungie, but if I'm going to imagine if I was a Bungie employee, okay, or if I was somebody making decisions at Bungie, I would be both happy and dissatisfied with Destiny up to this point. I would be happy with what we created, the, you know, the, 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 the consumers that had become loyal to the brand and to the game, but I would also be dissatisfied with what what has been delivered and the reputation that destiny has garnered and i would want another shot let's take our real shot let's take the shot in a new engine new dev tools new delivery cycle that's more in line with what's realistic and let's really take our shot if i worked for bungie that would be my attitude from the bottom to the top from the guy that's working on a reticle for a gun to the higher up executives that are making big big vision decisions for the company i would be like we're not done yet man we haven't we haven't even really begun um, we've just established the franchise, right? Like Halo, Halo 1 and 2, and then there's all those after it, right? The franchise gets established, and then you start building on it. I would want more time and more opportunity um, to build. By the way, if you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, or you're here live right now, I appreciate the support, man. I'm going to keep going. We still have lots of questions left. If you are enjoying this content, please press the follow button if you're here live right now on the channel. Pressing that follow button, that heart button, is a free and easy way to support what I do. Uh, If you're listening in all the other podcast locations, stop by the channel. I'm probably live right now. Push that follow button. Push that heart button. That way you don't miss these awesome discussions and Q&A sessions. The future seems very bright for what we enjoy and what we do here every day, which is very lively discussions and debates about destiny and where it needs to go. Uh, We have a very, I think, very bright future. So I appreciate everybody who's here and contributing and submitting questions and the people that listen to the podcast while you're driving or at work or you share it with people. You know, if you think these are good conversations, conversations and good content share it show up every day that is uh, the easiest way to support me so thank you um uh the chooch magoo now that bungie has split from activision do you feel dedicated servers are on the horizon given this is a step forward for destiny sorry if this is a mask already uh the main reason we don't have dedicated servers has nothing to do with activision it is uh more related to uh how they built destiny uh to begin with um, the way that the actual engine and like the background, all of it, the, basically the background architectures of the game uh, is not built for dedicated servers. Oh yeah, we should go and find Zer before I go back here. Does anybody know where uh, where Zer is? We could go see him before I um, I go. It's the netcode with the engine, right? Like the basically the he's in the tower in the hangar. Oh blast! Well, let's do that before we go in. Let's go. Let's go pay a visit to him. We'll include that in the talk here. So the only way we get dedicated servers, the only way we get dedicated servers is if they go to a new engine. This engine will not interface with dedicated servers without a complete overhaul. And if they're going to do that, if they're going to overhaul the Tiger engine, at that point, you rebuild the game in another engine. That'd be silly. So, uh, Jolly Rancher Commander. Do you think Bungie will end future content for D2 and start working on a new IP full force? Uh, no. No, that's not the plan, and they didn't indicate that in the in the update. Uh, Good night says I've been on the fence for a while about getting a decent PC gaming rig. However, with the recent news, do you think Bungie plans to institute cross save? Also, do you think PC is much better than Xbox One? Trying to figure out if I should switch. I love my PC. I love playing on my PC. I only play on console if I have to. 
I am not a PC master race tribalistic idiot like so many people are. Who cares what platform you play on? We're all gamers. But experientially, I enjoy my experience way more on the PC. Now, you're asking, will cross-save come? I don't have a freaking clue. Maybe that's the announcement that they're going to make that we're going to be really excited about. That'd be a really nice big win. Um, that'd be a huge win, uh, cross-player, cross-save for everybody. And Sony and Microsoft and Epic all chiming in on the announcement gives me confidence that there may be a day with Destiny cross-play. There may be a day with Destiny cross-save. You know, that that is more possible now, I think, than I ever thought. Renegade, what are your feelings about new game engine? Destiny has a certain feel to it. Do you think that feel will change uh, like the gunplay? I think the Unreal Engine is agile enough, adaptable enough, and used in enough instances and games and contexts that Bungie could be... Um, it could be very, 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 very feasible. I think I think they could do it. 30 FPS is better for toggle stick input. You'd be surprised. Um... I'm not going to go down the rabbit hole of talking about 30 FPS being superior to anything because that is the f- I, 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 my brain just locked up on how silly that statement even is uh, Vanity Light will be the next question let's look what we got here we got a Merciless not that great uh, Ahamkara's Spine with Machine Gun Scavenger and Hand Cannon Reload now if you like these gauntlets uh, that's actually a very nice roll. Machine Gun Scavenger is actually really, really beneficial. Uh, and we have the Doom Fang with the exact same roll. I'm gonna grab the Doom Fang, okay? I love, I love One-Eyed Mask, but... I love One-Eyed Mask, uh, but, uh... That, uh, the Doom Fang's nice. And we did get armor instead of a gun, so that's nice. And we got special with hand cannon unflinching on the Wings of Sacred Dawn, which... This is the one where you hang in the air. So we'll keep those. We'll shove those in the vault. Those aren't terrible rolls. Exotics like to get better with time sometimes. Uh, and those may be better. Doomfang's actually pretty fun in the right instances. Um, and with a roll that's not terrible, I could see justifying uh, you know, using it. Waiting for Dim here to upgrade. I wanted to, uh, to get rid of these and, and throw them in the vault. Because you can't save the rolls, but you can save the... Uh, you can save the guns. Um, Dim has just been uh, particularly slow lately for whatever reason. Uh, Vanity Light says, Do you think that Activision had a big say in when Trials was going to be reintroduced? If so, do you think this could potentially see it in D2 again? No, no. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Um, Activision did not have that level of control over Destiny. Okay, it didn't. the 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 level of control over over Destiny and what was in the game and what wasn't was not being dictated by Activision. That is completely contrary to virtually everything we know about publisher and developer relations. The publisher is interested interested in margins, delivery, and profit. They're not interested in take trials out, put trials back in. Hey, we don't like that map. Take take it out of rotation. Like. That that isn't that isn't really how the relationship between Activision and Bungie operates, right? Now I could be wrong. There's an incredibly thin chance that I'm wrong about that. I, I highly highly doubt that there was a micro level of of management from from Activision uh, to that degree. I just really 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 doubt 
uh, that that was going on. I, I truly do. Um, I don't think so. Uh, next question from Blue Exorcist. Do you think Destiny will be in the Blizzard launcher after the separation? As far as we know, that's not changing. If it is changing, it's not changing anytime soon. Uh, obviously, getting it put into the Epic launcher and potentially getting a win of of uh, of, of crossplay would be really really nice um, for everybody. But I don't I don't think that I don't think that's happening anytime soon. There's not really any need to do that right now. The pressing issue now would be to give your consumers confidence and excitement about the future, not make big shifts to like where they play the game or launch the game. Uh, Serpentius, with the split being official now, do you think Bungie will start to, uh, taking more time to develop new content? Some, yes, right? Some, yes. I, I think that, uh, I, I think there's a big, big, uh, opportunity here to make your, your DLCs, um, and your big deliverables take longer. I don't think annual pass stuff will slow down though. Uh, according to one of my mods here, Blizzard announced that there will be no interruption of service during transition away from Activision. Yeah, none of that's changing. Epic Show. What exactly does this mean? Bungie bought the IP? Uh, it's their IP, and I believe the contract never really stipulated that Activision would retain any rights to it unless the contract was not honored. This has been terminated, and that's the that's a difference. Um so I, I don't think there was ever the plan to have Activision own it. Now, again, I made predictions that were wrong. I thought when we started hearing rumors of the split, I was like, I bet you Bungie honors the contract and then sells it off and moves on to the new IP. Well, I, they're not doing that. So I, it, at, the, at, the, at the end of all of this, um, they, they're able to, you know, they're able to keep the rights to the IP. And that's, that's a really big deal, right? As far as I know, wasn't the number, wasn't the number for the original game, um, yeah, Activision's original investment in Bungie, that big, big number that always got thrown out was 500 million, okay? So when people think the net ease money coming in is, is gonna be where Bungie, you know, plants their flag and puts every, puts all their efforts into, keep in mind that the initial investment from Activision for Destiny was five times the size of of what they got from NetEase. So I don't think the NetEase game is the takeover, is the new thing. I believe that is something that a portion of the company will be working on. Maybe, and as I said, maybe Bungie's done enough market research and they know they can develop this mobile game with the $100 million, easily honor and get out of that contract, and then have something that generates revenue that subsidizes... Um, they would have something then to subsidize the next Destiny game right whatever this mobile game is could become their you know like their primary cash cow uh that was 500 million over the 10 year span as indicated from the leaks right but again that then that that communicates something doesn't it whatever this 100 million is it's for something that is one fifth the size of whatever they originally envisioned destiny to be um and if it's one fifth the size less people in the company will probably be working on it the scope of the game will be smaller the length of the game might be shorter there's a lot of things that when you're having that amount of money come in just that amount of money coming in i think communicates that less people at bungie will be working on it i mean it's it's a smaller it's a smaller investment and in the grand scheme of things it is it is seemingly for what sounds like a smaller project than something that Bungie would pivot their entire company to, right? Are you going to pivot your entire company to 
a hundred million dollar project when your entire company has grown and mushroomed and blown up surrounding a five hundred million dollar uh, project. I I don't think so. Uh, DJ May eighty eight. What do you think this does to the Eververse? Um, we've d- we've addressed Eververse questions enough already. I think today I don't think any changes are coming to Eververse because it was Bungie's idea. Maybe it'll get streamlined. Maybe Activision did have input on the structure, not the input of the Eververse, but the structure. So maybe the structure changes. I don't know. Um, Bungie did seem to be getting a little bit a little bit not brazen, but they were making updates to the Eververse that you know you can buy uh, old you know, emotes and stuff direct. I mean, those were some changes that happened recently that seemingly came out of left field and that could have been Bungie's attempt to sort of stretch their wings and see like, okay, what can we get away with in the Eververse? What will the community put up with? Um, Banjo TK, are you optimistic or apprehensive about Bungie developing without Activision backing money and enforcement of deadlines? Or do you think content droughts will become more common? No, because I think the annual pass was a part of this strategy, right? I think the annual pass was a part of this strategy. It was like, we have to get to a place where we can stabilize the game and deliver content without content droughts if we're going to break ties with Activision. Because if we break ties with Activision, Bungie's probably saying, like, we, we're going to have we're gonna have less deliverables over time, less big deliverables over time. How can, we, how can we set consumer expectations so that that's not this jarring shift, right? Well, the annual pass gets you there. If you're a custom, if you spend a year or two, you know, d- interacting with smaller and more regular content delivery, then it won't be so jarring when the big ones are a little bit more spaced out. Will people be like, hey, wait a minute, why aren't we getting big forsaken size DLCs every year? That'll happen, but at the very least, Bungie could say, you know, we've we've hit a good we've hit a good uh, a good rhythm here. You're not having content droughts like you used to, um, and that's what I think the annual pass was setting them up for. Uh, Vanity Light. Do we know there are different areas of the Dreadnought where we haven't explored yet? Do you think we could use the Dreadnought for another raid uh, like the Taken Queen? Um, I, we are going back to the Dreadnought according to Loot Smith. Now, I don't think that plan internally is going to change just because they're no longer backed by Activision. The DLC plan according to Luke Smith was to go back to uh, the Dreadnought whenever um whenever the uh whenever the the last dlc hits like the light of the traveler hits all those different planets mercury then mars then the reef then the dreadnought so we've gone to mercury for curse mars for warmind and then uh the reef for forsaken and that i think is indication that that plan was in place for a long time because that cutscene is literally at the end of vanilla all those orbs are now gone awesome um that cutscene is at the end of vanilla which means that plan was in place a long time ago and i don't think that's just going to suddenly change so i'm not i'm not super concerned um i guess i don't need my orbs we're second wave and i use my spindle on the boss i still call it spindle a lot of the time Next question from Breaker Rainy. Do you think the breakup will make a gap in content or will they push out this plan? You guys are asking a lot of the same questions. I, there's no way to know. Maybe. Uh, God Gabriel says, do you think exclusive weapons for PS4 was a good idea? And do you think we'll have more exclusive weapons? No way to spectate. It's a bad idea. It's anti-consumer. Uh, it doesn't do anything other than frustrate people that don't have it. Uh, it does entrench loyalty. But the reason it's frustrating is it doesn't entrench loyalty to Destiny. It entrenches loyalty to Sony which is 
not something that a developer should be interested in. The only reason it happens is because it's money. Uh, It's money-driven. It's not good for the players. Uh, It doesn't satisfy the developers. Those decisions are made by people that are not making the game. Nobody's making a gun and is like, man, I really hope they only put this on a third of the platforms that we uh, we offer on. and it frustrates people that love the game and they can't get this awesome gun. Like, there's no developer that's saying that. Uh, this is a decision based on money. And I hope it stops because it doesn't benefit anybody other than, I guess, loyalty to Sony. So, I, if I was making a game, I wouldn't give two flying freaking rips about in 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 engrossing and entrenching loyalty to a console platform. I would want to motivate loyalty to my game. Um, which is far more important than platform loyalty. Darkoth, do you think that Bungie, uh, because of this breakup, could take the time to look back and give Destiny 1 a facelift, uh, a lot like Blizzard has done with other content? I don't know if they're going to want to spend development bandwidth doing that. Um, now, does that mean that we could we could get content to return? Does that mean we could get content to uh, to come back? you know, raids and such. Yeah, po- yeah, it's possible. You know, that's that's definitely something that uh, that could happen. Um, I don't think they're going to try and go back and give a facelift, though. Looking forward, I wouldn't look backward if I was them. Deacon Walker, do you think today's 12 will be more about an announcement than the current state of the game? I think today's announcement is going to say, we recently made an announcement, we just want to reiterate, da 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 Really, really fluffy PR talk. Let's get on to the immediate future, and then they're going to start talking about coming updates. I don't think they're going to. I don't think they're going to address this in any substantive way in the TWAB. I, I don't think so. Um, I think it is a. Um, it is not. It is not beneficial right now. I don't think to spend too much time talking about it. I think Bungie wants to make people feel good about the game. Um, now, where well, I'm getting mentioned in some some interesting tweets here, <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I think it, I think it'll be they'll they'll make a little bit of a remark, but they're not going to spend a lot of time on it because there's a lot of there's a lot of things that need to happen before they really focus on what's like beyond um, you know the game. Deed said the twab today will be on the game, not the future of Bungie. Right? I I, I think that's that's the smart play, right? What we don't need to be doing right now is is talking about beyond where I mean we have two pieces of the annual pass that haven't been even been delivered yet, so I think that is that is front burner issue. Uh, Damon Gaming, do you think Bungie will leave the game after D three with the split from Activision? No way to know this. We don't even know what the state of D three is. We don't even know how D three is going to be delivered, and why would they suddenly why would they break from Activision, deliver the third game, and then just leave Destiny? Uh, again, if I worked for Bungie, I would want to build. I would want to build Destiny how we always intended to, and take the time to make it amazing. Um, and that's that's where I would put my eggs in the basket. Devilhawk, are you concerned as Activision has a track record for getting rid of IPs that end up having not having future success? For example, Tony Hawk's Skylanders, Guitar Hero. I mean, I don't know the history of those games, so I can't speak to them. Right. Um, as far as them, you know, leaving games that are then not successful, I mean, is there, is any of that related to those games being hurt before they stopped working together, right? Sometimes I feel like publishers have gotten a, a bad rap because they squeeze the, they squeeze the life out of a franchise, push for too many, 
you know, too many games to come out too fast and the interest in the game goes down and then they cut ties, right? So, uh, Farm Rex says, do you think the split was more Bungie wanting to get out from under Activision or Activision dumping Destiny? I kind of feel like it's a bit of both. Um, I think, I think after that shareholders call, I mean, listen, Bungie is not a bunch of chumps, right? They're a, they're a long-standing, big and competent and successful developer. They're not a bunch of chumps that you can just treat like, like some disposable, oh yeah, your game sucks. We're out of here. And so they probably really did not appreciate while they were trying to rebound the franchise you know, that that call going out in the way that it did, it could have been maybe handled more diplomatically. So I could see it being kind of both. Activision be like, you know, we're not really satisfied with sales and Bungie firing back. and like, yeah, well, we're not really satisfied with how you treated us on that call. You know? And your freaking contracts made it tough for us to do anything. So let, let, let's let's talk. Let's talk. Is this, is this working for you? Because it's not working for us. You know? I, I don't I don't think I don't think it was I don't think it was Bungie like failing and then Activision being like get the frick out of here you guys are terrible you know and take your IP rights with you you know again I, they're not chumps you know I don't I don't think I don't think they 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 appreciated that call and I don't think this was just a, a matter of them getting kicked to the curb um ED2 Thawd uh, Thawd says uh, is there a problem with Bungie as a studio leaving Microsoft and Activision seems to be the same story doesn't want obligations other studios Blizzard Bethesda don't seem to have the issue with their publishers to my knowledge Um, just give it time give it time bud is Blizzard really uh, is really is Blizzard really doing a good job right now Really? Is it really making everybody happy? Did they do a good job with their announcement with Diablo Immortal? Uh, how'd Bethesda do, man, with that Fallout 76? Woo! How's their track record right now? Um, like, let's be honest here, folks. The, the, <laughs> the, 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 the nature of their split with Microsoft was not that they didn't want to be tied down to a developer. It's that they didn't want to make Halo anymore. Right? And the budget and, and the the needs of the of what was needed for for destiny um i the the needs there right i they i don't think microsoft even probably wanted to foot that bill microsoft wanted another halo listen investors are risk averse they don't they don't invest in risky things that's why they get to the place where they can be an investor right they go with the sure winner and tried and true tried and true franchises have been the go-to model for a long time. You back what's you back the winning horse, right? And if you back the winning horse, that's what you know. That's kind of where the money is. The money is in is in the established franchise. And so Microsoft was following that format. And I think Bungie was just like, dude, can we can we stop with Halo? We're done. We've got a vision for another game. This is our vision for the other game. And then they parted ways. So you can't really summarize it by being like, yeah, dude, Bungie just doesn't get along with publishers, man. Look what happened with Microsoft. Yeah, look what happened with Microsoft. I mean, it's one of the longest standing, most successful franchises in the history of video games, man. Halo. And then they got to the point where they wanted to do something else. You know? So... I I don't think you can point to Bethesda and and Blizzard right now for being the paragons of 
of not fumbling balls uh, with Diablo Immortal announcement, Diablo, the handling of Diablo 3 post Reaper of Souls, and the lack of anything, any progress made on Diablo 4. Like, you, you're going to look at all that and act like they're just smooth sailing as a development company, you know? You're going to look at Bethesda and just, what, what are, they, are people throwing parades for Fallout 76? Because I don't think they are. Uh, one of their most treasured, you know, titles being sullied by a bad, by a bad, you know, release, you know, so. Just in time. For someone like me that only wants to play Destiny for 5 to 10 hours per week, because I'm enjoying other games way more, how would you suggest I divide my time and not just do boring milestones? Uh, I'm still only like 570. This question is right in line with Ada's bounty fanboyism that I have been promoting, right? Enough already, Lono. We know you want Drifter and Zavala and all the NPCs to have bounties like Ada. Yep, and it's the perfect solution for somebody like this, and it's the perfect solution for somebody like me. Whether or not you're putting in 10 hours a day or 10 hours a week, having intentionality and loot pursuits that are clear is far better than chasing frickin' milestones. So in my mind, Ada is the most beautiful test case for things going forward, and now... What did I say about Ada's armor? Man, we really need some intentionality about grinding for Ada's armor because the armor is cool, but there's no real way to grind for it. And what do they do with the last forge? They add a way to grind for forge armor. Yay! So I I think that the loot pursuit is the future of Destiny. And if you play for five hours a day or five hours a week, loot pursuit is generally what keeps you in the trenches. Loot pursuit is generally what keeps you uh, motivated and you know I think that is uh, that would make you would sit down and you would be chasing a piece of gear or a piece of loot not chasing power leveling up should happen automatically you know leveling up should happen automatically and it doesn't happen automatically it's truncated and limited and stupid and as soon as they the more they streamline that the better your experience is going to be Solid is Scott I don't know if you've gotten this question, but how do you think the Activision split's going to affect the amount of content we get? Talked about that a lot. I think drip feed with big deliverables is the way forward. I think the big deliverables might be more spread out, but the drip feed, I think, is working. Uh, Wava House Wanda. Do you think Bungie leaving Activision is a sign to come? For instance, publishers uh, is really a thing of the past, kind of like record labels. With all of the ways indies and devs can do things on their own, do you think and hope that Bioware follows the path of Bungie. It's just really, really hard because I, where does the money come from is question one. It's question one. You like go to your wife or your spouse and say, you know what? I, uh, we're going to launch a business, honey, and uh, I'm going to quit my job that has benefits and a steady paycheck. And I want to launch a business. You know what the first question is going to be? It might be, are you an idiot? But it also might be, Okay, how are you going to make money? How are you going to pay the bills? If that's the case, if that's the case, then that's true of BioWare, that's true of Bungie. Like that's that's not a that's not a small question. So I don't know if this is going to if the whole if the whole, you know, economic structure of the gaming industry is going to shift. Publishers do seem to be losing their foothold, so maybe the relationship will change, but I I just the money required to have a company that size and to, and to, and to, and to make content 
that at the bandwidth needed and the depth and the depth that people want from video games now, I, I'm I'm not sure how exactly it's all going to play out and work. It's uncharted territory, right? Uh, Hush says with Activ- Activision being out of uh, out out speed up deliverable content and content previews. I, I don't know why we, you would think this would happen. I, I This doesn't seem like the conclusion anybody could come to about Activision being out of the picture. Uh, Dead Fox, what do you think will happen to the Eververse store? We've talked about this. I don't think it's going away. It was Bungie's idea. And because it was Bungie's idea, it's probably here to stay. Its structure may change, but it's I, it's not going away. That, I don't think, would be the conclusion to come to. Everything we know about the Eververse is that it was... Uh, it was Bungie's idea because they couldn't deliver content fast enough and they wanted a way to subsidize free events and things like that and the Eververse was supposed to do that. Aerosmith, assuming the leaks of D3 are going to be more hard... Uh, assuming the leaks of D3 is going to be more hardcore or true, do you think with the recent split, Bungie might move towards a model closer to WoW having one giant release every year or so with live events through the year? Uh, yeah, and we've made this speculation a lot. I said that after the annual pass got up and running, you know, if it was a success, and I even said earlier that the big deliverables need the annual pass, and the annual pass needs the big deliverables, right? How you 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 do the big content release, but you don't do the annual pass. There's content drought and nothing to do in between, right? If you do the content deliverables in between like the annual pass, but you don't do the big deliverables, then it gets bland and there's not enough big changes, you know? Donkey Sauces, do you feel better about microtransactions in Eververse now that the money goes directly to support Bungie and future content? I mean, I don't ever really, I never really felt good or bad about it. I never felt a particular way about uh, the microtransactions in Destiny. Um, I don't know. I never felt a particular way about them. I just always thought if they're supposed to be there to generate revenue, I continue to think that it's confusing and stupid. I I just don't understand how anybody is who is looking at that Eververse and is like motivated to purchase. It's difficult to tell, you know, what exactly you're getting in for how much. Uh, Sometimes says Santa Rage, they should just make D3 Destiny Universe and just add all the old things and keep updating. I mean, how do you know they're not doing that? I mean, what if that's the big announcement? What if their big announcement is that in September of this year, they're going to they're going to begin the rollout of Destiny Universe, which will be all of D1 and D2. Uh, you know, I, the consoles are probably the only reason they couldn't do that. I mean, that certainly is just tantalizing and wonderful sounding you know I want to run Wrath of the Machine on PC with my high res and high frame rate but again there's just no way to know Um, but they could do that Shaddix uh, with Bungie now becoming independent does this mean that Bungie will be making Destiny games beyond D3 no way to know guys no way to know this I mean it could go what the last question said it could go that way it could go to one umbrella title that they just keep adding on to uh, it could have indefinite sequels. I, I don't know. I think you do reach a point where it's probably a better format to have something like Destiny Universe Umbrella Title that leads to, you know, just trickle of big update of, of small to big updates somewhere, you know, all, all across that spectrum. Um, it might start to get almost hokey to be like, you know, here's another, here's Destiny 4, here's Destiny 5, you know. 
it gets it gets hard maybe to take that serious. Um, raise my faith. Do you think they could monetize the game with weapon ornaments? For example, a frozen effect on armor. Sorry if this is a dupe question. It's not a dupe question. I just don't know if they have the greatest history um, with microtransactions right now. Like, I don't know if the, the, the history of Destiny, they could say, yeah, if we start selling ornaments and shaders and things like that, we're good to go, man. We're going to make a killing. I, I don't know if it's gone over that well. I, this is what I've continued to say about microtransactions. If you if you make it to where I can be like, for $5, I can buy this uh, this ornament, this dance, this whatever... To me, that's far more direct and winsome when you're like, I gotta have it, I'm gonna buy it now, it's five bucks. Like, that, I don't know, that just feels more winsome to me, that feels more, that creates buyer urgency, that's like when you're in the, you know, at the shopping cart checkout, you know, the cashier, and your kids are asking about the gum and the candy bars, like, it's just, it's right there, straight, eyesight, easy to understand, it looks great, and then they want some, you know, um... I don't know the, the the way they have it set up now I don't feel any urgency I don't feel ease of access I don't feel ease of access I feel like wait okay so it's this much I'm buying this and then I'm buying that with the potential dust that comes out hang on let me get a calculator let me convince my mom to give me your credit card like I don't know I think it'd just be better to just be like five bucks for this ornament five bucks for this now the research about microtransactions probably sitting there shaking its head at me but like you stupid fool like it's far better to mislead the customer or have the cons- the consumer confused about the currency conversion um, that that is definitely maybe in play I don't know um, craft is my dad does the 10 year contract coincide with Activision Bungie partnership That's and that is now ended no they're not done yet it was a 10-year contract, and the game launched in 2014. I mean, we're <laughs> we're not even close. We just got into the fifth year. Like, I I'm not actually sure if it started. Even if it started in 2013 or 2012, we still didn't hit the 10-year mark, right? We still didn't hit the 10-year mark. So. I'm not actually I'm not actually sure like what exactly the 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 dealings were with how how the how the contract played out um so I I don't know oh I have one already I'm dumb but this is what I needed to do I need to do uh oh do I have it already I have it already okay well, we'll just buy another one so we have it I did not need to come to her I have made a uh, I've made a mistake oh well Supposedly it started in 2010. I think that's what I read. Yeah, so like I don't understand how contracts work. Like does the contract state that you work on this for 10 years or does the content does the contract start with the first deliverable? It would seem weird to get into contract for 10 years and then the contract basically states that you work on the game for 10 years, right? Like I don't know. I don't. I don't know the inner workings of the contract, but that does seem bizarre to me. If it was ten years from when they started working on it, um, ten-year contract, eight-year clause. Apparently, okay. Interesting. We'll just have to wait and see. Obviously. Um. 
Now, these things here, these obsidian radiances, can, can these stack or do I need to get rid of it? Where does he even put the obsidian radiance? Oh, it puts it here. Okay. I'm worried that they don't stack. Um, Because then I wouldn't be able to get any more if I don't use it. T-Funk, if Bungie switches to a more MMO-style game, do you see Destiny 3 moving into a subscription model similar to ESO? You buy the game plus more plus buy DLCs, or you buy the game and purchase a subscription, and you get in-game benefits. I actually think that's a great model. Um, okay, they stack. Thank you, chat. I think, that, I think ESO's got a great model, and I think as long as people could choose between the two, uh, as long as people could choose between the two... I think people would probably be okay with it. Um, if you force people into subscription model, I think that's when things would probably go awry. That's when things... I, I think things would go awry if you uh, if you force a subscription model on people. Uh, Floyd59. Many have been asked, may have been asked, uh, may have been asked already, but with all the hate that Activision seems to get now that Bungie is independent, um... Do you think that the annual pass sales will see an increase? Players looking to support Bungie now that the funds are going directly to them. Well, I don't understand why people keep saying the funds are going directly to Bungie. Like, that's not... I. As far as I know, the way that it works is they get money from Activision to, to make the game, and then everything that is sold is like is like a split, right? I don't know, I don't know exactly how it works. I don't I don't know if that shift is going to make people suddenly start buying stuff, right? Um it could, it could definitely make people be like, "You know what? I like Bungie, I like Halo. I'm going to buy the game and check it out. I want to see them um I want to see them do better." You know, and as Mel is saying, she saw no future the way things were but now she's like I, I would I would buy because I think the game's going to get better um, I happen to agree with her so the truth will set you free do you think that the split will get cross player cross safe we've speculated on this a lot I don't, I don't know I hope so uh, Roar Rivier did Bungie want to split with Activision we don't know it seems like it's probably most likely mutual um, with one side maybe being more frustrated than the other um, I think Activision's frustration finally caught up and matched Bungie's frustration because of the revenue not being what they wanted for D2. Uh, BR Meta. Uh, if it probably didn't, it probably didn't have anything to do with partnership. But do you think console Destiny will ever be 60 FPS? The only way console Destiny gets to be 60 FPS is if they make it on another engine that can be optimized for these old consoles, or they build it for 60 FPS on the new consoles. Uh, JD Gamer says so will activision be finishing the annual pass or anything left over for bungie to finish now also do you think activision isn't in a good spot losing destiny and call of duty not being in a good spot uh like they were with black ops 3 and world war 2 and infinite warfare being a huge flop i don't know what the state of activision is i I don't know i mean they, they could be they could be maybe just cutting ties with companies like Bungie and others, not because they're like, you're not a big earner, but maybe they're just going to be chasing the mobile. I mean, the mobile is where is where the big, big dollars are. Um, 
and I, that could be the that could be the pivot. I, I honestly do not know. Publishing companies are going to go where biggest returns, most guaranteed returns are, and games like Destiny and games like Call of Duty are probably not where the biggest returns are in comparison to mobile games. Silence says, do you think any hints will be in today's TWAB along with those lines? Do you think they will eventually start helping in their own way? I do not think they have any justification for putting hints in today's TWAB. I would be furious. Uh, and so would anybody else, right? You know, Glad finally went to sleep, you know, and, and Dado could be out to dinner and I could be hanging out with my family and then you go shoving hints into your TWAB. Well, that's not really fair, right? They would need to give us ample notice. At this time, and at the, on this date, and at this time, they could say this today in the TWAB. On this day, and on this time, we will start giving hints. So get your fire teams ready. Get in there and get ready to rock and roll. We will start putting out hints on the hour. Yeah, I mean, glad asking for a hint on Twitter. I already talked about that. They would have been completely in the wrong to give him any answers because that would be really unfair to those of us that put in just as much time and walked away because it couldn't be solved. Just because you keep beating your head against the wall doesn't mean you deserve some kind of a hint. That would have been very unfair to everybody else. Even if they just confirmed whether or not the void symbol is reversed on on purpose or not, that would be a complete and another slap in the face to anybody anybody who is working on it. You know? These emotes are so hard to pair up. They're so hard to pair up. he He was trying to pair up with mine. It's so hard to do. It's so hard to line up. So, I appreciated that that uh, that he was in there trying to get it done. But like, and and so was Clyde. Clyde was working with him all night. Like, I appreciate that. But like, they can't give you an answer, man. That would have been completely unfair. Um, that would have been completely unfair. And what I mean, anybody that's not paying attention to Twitter, raid secrets, other players that might be trying to get it done, right? All those other players, if they're not checking Twitter, they don't get the they don't get the hint, they don't get the answer. So then it gets it gets completed by by somebody who got a hint on Twitter, and then they go in there. They're literally primed and ready to go. They're polished. They've been doing it. They've got a solid team. Like that. That's not how you would have wanted to complete it anyway. Like, you know. Real MZZ. Since Bungie had a contract uh, that said they need to make three Destiny games, and that contract's no longer in play. Do you think Bungie might actually move away from Destiny and work on a completely new game? I don't think we already talked about the money that came in for the NetEase game. I don't think that that money that came in is enough to 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 mean the whole company is shifting. I think they're they're gonna they're gonna outline like a new a new plan and a new way for them to build content and for them to keep Destiny going. Destiny is 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 too I don't know it's just too big and too successful to walk away from. And if Activision's any measure of like success, well then sure. But I don't I don't think Activision saying that you know the game's not been a success, we're out. You know, or it's not made enough money, we're out. Even that's even if that's what the context of the discussion was then I still don't think that's a mark against Destiny long term because, again, if your expectation is way up here for revenue and sales and Bungie wants to go to no content drip, I'm sorry, no content drought with content drip, well, that's not in line with the revenue that you know Activision would like to see coming in. FWC Guardian. 
I know it's not likely, but it's possible. How would you feel about Bungie licensing out Destiny franchise while working on a new IP? I I don't think so. I don't think you would get your independence just to immediately hand the game off. That would be very, very weird. I mean, if they were going to do that, they were already in position to do that with Activision and High Moon Studios and Vicarious Visions. Companies that were already familiar with the IP and faithful to it and could have really done done a good job. I actually, I actually theorized that's what was going to happen. That they were going to sell it off and then Activision was just going to keep the franchise going with Vicarious Visions and High Moon Studios. They had companies that were familiar with the dev tools building the game and understood the game and the vision for the game. That's what they would have done. They wouldn't get their freedom only to go to somebody else and have them start working on the game. Swift Toasty, can you break, break down this forge and how you got it in rewards? You walk back and do it. That's pretty much it. Um, there, There is a... Uh, they just opened the door. I mean, we just came back and did it. There is a quest that brings you back here and you kill the guy, but that's separate. You, like, literally can just come back here and do it. This was a different one. I mean, the quest to open this was supposed to be done by the community, but that wasn't happening, so Bungie just unlocked it. So, that is all you gotta do. Uh, Clurac20XX, you've mentioned the subscriptions, but is this year past common expansions not a prototype of this? Plus, do you think that Warframe building all D, uh, being all DE has influenced this as much as Fortnite? I, I don't think Warframe has influenced it that much. I mean, I, Warframe, it scales, but not perfectly, you know, and a lot of their, a lot of their, their revenue, I'm assuming, comes from microtransactions, so... I don't know how much Warframe played a part in this in this decision. Fortnite and Epic may have just the the better margins they could make on using the Unreal Engine could be a part of the the decision making because the success the success of Fortnite enabling Epic um, to do this. And yeah, you're correct. I've said many times paying forty dollars for Forsaken and then thirty five for the annual pass. I mean that's seventy five dollars. For a year's worth of content, that's really close to being uh, like basically an annual subscription. The reason that it gets it it doesn't register like that for people is an actual monthly subscription. You have to pay just to get on and play, right? You can pay the upfront cost for the annual pass and the DLC. You're not paying something every single month. It, you know, oh, one month you can't pay. That doesn't mean you suddenly can't play. You know what I'm saying? Like. That's in general the difference I think people see, and subscription fees just make people nervous because it's just one more thing they have to pay. Extremely Dark Taco. Hey, Lono, what do you think about Bungie's $100 million investment from NetEase back in June to help us explore new directions? You think there's any correlation? Would love your opinion on this. Um, I mean, there is a side of this that we haven't considered. It could be that they're going to maintain the future of Destiny with a much smaller portion of Bungie, and, like, that's what that money is for. But all signs point to a new IP, right? All signs point to a new IP. That would be a really weird... I don't know how you'd play that kind of smoke and mirrors. Um, and I don't even know why it would be net ease. So I would think... I would think that's not necessarily... Uh, that's not the answer. So... I forgot to switch... To this, we should be fine though. Um, the next question comes from Kyber. Uh, Kyber says, 
An interesting opinion I heard is that Activision may have violated the terms of the contract in some fashion, which in turn opened the door for Bungie. Thoughts on that? I would want to know what they did. What did they violate? Was it their was it their public displeasure about the performance of Destiny harming the potential performance of the future of Destiny? Like, was that it? I don't know. I don't know if there's anything in the contract about that. I actually thought that was pretty lame when they did it because it was like, Dad Gummit, dude, they're trying to rebuild. They're trying to put things back on track and you just chopped their legs out from under them. Um, I, like I said, I have it on pretty good authority. That was a pretty bad day in Bungie. That was a pretty bad day at the office. Like, that wasn't good. Um, nobody, nobody wants their company spoken about in that way with the whole world watching. Um, so I, yeah, that, that, I don't know if there's anything in the contract that doesn't allow that. Like how much are they allowed to say it's, it's a shareholders call, you know, quiet ghost with nine months. Thanks for coming back with nine months. sub baby. And then shockwave with a brand new prime sub. Thank you so much, man. So many people have used prime subs here. Thank you guys uh, for doing that. I greatly, uh, greatly appreciate it. Hector says, do you think that the market impact over Blizzard is a bad way? Uh, maybe encourage Bungie to split earlier. I have no idea. I don't, I don't, I don't know if Blizzard fumbling their conference has any relation to what's going on. Uncanny Games, do you suspect that there was some sort of early buyout that had to occur, or will there be a transition period until the contract was actually planned to end? I can't remember the timing on it. Uh, the... The, the statement said there's a transition period. They're transitioning now. I don't know how long that period lasts. Uh, Unholy Angel. Do you think Bungie will ever make a permanent mayhem playlist like they did with Rumble, or do you think it'll ruin another playlist? No comment. I don't care. Swift Toasty. Can you talk a little about Niobe Labs? I have no idea what it is. Thanks. It was an event puzzle that has still not been solved, and it was meant to be the way that you unlock the forge, and you go into a room and you do different things. There's seven waves every time you finish a wave there's a puzzle if you fail the puzzle you get killed and so the puzzle has to be solved after you finish the combat um so the the combat isn't really the main pain point right now the combat is tough it's pretty intense the main pain point is uh the main pain point is that we don't know what the frick we're supposed to do with the final puzzle piece we are on the seventh puzzle and it literally makes no sense and communicates basically nothing to us i have some ideas we may go in there in a little bit and take some cracks at it uh vulcan wizard i see a few people saying that niobe labs is just them testing for a future puzzle do you think this attitude encourages complacency with poorly designed paid content i think that i think that that speculation has literally no grounds um, it's just, it's just a wild, like, well, maybe they're doing this. And then people go running. If the premise is unconfirmed, why bother with the theory, right? Well, maybe they're just testing for a future puzzle. And then you go off and like, oh, well, this just encourages complacency and poorly designed paid content. Oh, for frick's sake. Like, this is what I think happened. The puzzle design team got jaded. They weren't complacent. They weren't lazy. They weren't stupid. It's a cool encounter. It's cool puzzles. They got jaded. I think they thought Broseliende was going to lead to a very obvious solution. Didn't happen. Okay? I also think they thought the picture and the image we have now was an obvious hint. And it's not. Nobody knows what the frick to do. Another new Prime sub from Ogba. Thank you. So... The fact that they open the forge prematurely and they're like, oh, we'll just open it, screw it. It points to the fact that they didn't think it was going to take us that long to solve, which means whoever was on the puzzle team gave assurances. Yeah, they're going to beat this in six hours, 10 hours or something. 
Uh, Nightmare uh, Fredbear with the brand new Prime sub. Another Prime sub. Everybody using your Prime subs here. Thank you very much. So no, I don't think it, I don't think that's what they're doing. They're not just experimenting with us, right? Uh, Zero Miles says, "Do you think emotes could be part of the puzzle? Wasn't there something in the Cosmodrome where the emote happened? Something. My memory is bad though." Mm, I don't think so. You'd have to know what emote to have equipped. You'd have to know when to emote. You'd have to know how. Like, I, I don't think so. That's the, the pattern has been set. The pattern has been set. Six puzzles in a row. They tell you where to stand and what to shoot. That's the sta- that's the standard. That standard is still in place, and that's what the solution will ultimately be: is that we need to stand somewhere and shoot something, not emoting, not anything else like that. Uh, Hush says, what if they are done and Bungie moves uh, the next IP and not D3? No way to know. Again, we've dealt with this question. I don't think that's what they're doing. Hype Peak, do you think that Bungie will work on a different game? They are working on a new IP. We don't know what it is. Not Visions. Since Bungie and Activision split up, PC is still going to have ties with Blizzard because personally, I love it with Blizzard. Why? It's just a launcher. It doesn't do anything for you uh, other than kick you offline on Tuesdays when they do World of Warcraft maintenance. Not Visions. I heard some people saying that D3 will be a real RPG MMO and saying that it'll be able to choose between the dark and the light. Not confirmed, probably unlikely, choosing between the dark and the light. Again, I highly doubt that. And I I think the rumor about it being more RPG heavy is probably true, given there are RPG threads and grind threads in Forsaken that would line up with that. Sky Elliott, do you think that the Destiny franchise would expand to the Switch? I wouldn't mind Destiny to go uh, on the go to compensate for the lack of time. I think this is possible if they decide to build D3 uh, in the Unreal Engine because they could optimize it and scale it down for the Switch. And then you're right. I would love to grind on the go. That'd be nice. Uh, the biggest the biggest hurdle there would be internet connection. Uh, the Wi-Fi. I, I'm pretty sure the Wi-Fi infrastructure of the Switch is kind of poor. It's not that great. Um but we'll see. Maybe they can improve it with time. Maybe there's just certain games that are that are the problem. But I don't hear good things about Nintendo's Wi-Fi uh, connectivity for games and stuff. So, um, Jake uh, of Geico, with possibly switching to Unreal, most likely delaying D3 to 2020 to 2022. Do you feel that in the meantime the content quality would drop slightly um, with such a big switch? If the annual pass can continue and if we get good injections once a year, I don't know. We would just have to wait and see. Obviously, substance and depth would probably suffer a little bit just because you have less people working on the game because they, you know, they're pivoting to the they're pivoting to the sequel. Um, but I would I would wager to say that quality could go uh, could go up. Um, so, but again, that. <sighs> It just depends, right? Like, if they really, really pivot everybody to the next game, quality would could stay the same or could go down. What is the deal with public events? I just I just wanted to flag on the EDZ before I go to the next one. Holy frick. Uh, Hush says, Do you see or hear of DDoSing frequently in the Crucible? I'm on PS4 and I see it daily. What can Bungie do about it? Uh, they can get into the Unreal Engine and go to dedicated servers so these stupid chode smacks can stop DDoSing people and then they'll have to win the right way, which means they won't win because they're terrible. Um, that's what I hope happens. Uh, I, I don't know how or why they allow people that have clear history of DDoS to not be permanently banned and their accounts deleted, but whatever. Um, you still use the browser version, tab version of DIM? Um, yeah, it's a website. Uh, it's been a website for a long time. What are you talking about? 
uh, done 68 do you think now that Bungie is self-published there'll be more microtransactions in future games I, they could expand the microtransactions I mean they really could they could streamline it too because that's a great way to, to subsidize your content I mean I don't know um, and I think if people I think I don't know microtransactions might be a little bit better suited you know you see the hint from the dev 10 minutes ago um, I highly doubt there's been any hints I highly doubt there's been any hints all of a sudden that'd be really weird uh, Bulldog fan, Lono, do you think that Bungie continues the four-year plan with the franchise? I think, given the current landscape, Penumbra uh, could or couldn't be the final installation for D2. No, it's not. The final installation for D2 is going to be going back to the Dreadnought. That content's already been planned, slated, and probably even, to a certain degree, built. B Baxter 18, do you think Activision had a hand in the Forge coming out before Niobe completion? No, that's not how it works. Bulldog fan, do you think that Bungie continues? I already answered it. Uh, Van Dyke, I haven't bought the new annual pass, so I can't give my opinion on the content, but from this session alone, I'm a bit disappointed. Do you think bringing back year one armor and weapons from vendor rolls will ever happen? Um, I want it to happen. You're watching me run really basic content and just grinding for a weapon. There's a lot of things that I'm not doing um, because I'm talking to you. Um, so... I don't know if you can base anything off my play session. So, Drake uh, Danger Sun says, What are some of the most important long term enhancements that you would like to see after the news of the splitting? I mean, the first thing I would love to see them announce is cross save. I think it's likely we could get cross save, right? Um,. I, I think it's I think it's way more likely to, that we could get cross save now. Now I don't know if that's because um, I don't know if that's because we are not no longer tied to Activision, or if it would just be a good first pivot to say we're making changes to benefit the player, and Sony and Microsoft are helping us with that. Like I don't know. Jay Robles says, with the news yesterday, what do you think and hope the first notice will change the D two? I just answered it. Uh, Odious Ragnus says. Uh, do you think we could see a possible hint uh, to an Iobi in the TWAB? Already answered this. No. If they do give a hint in the TWAB, I'll be ticked, and I will make a very, very long and ranty video about it. They have literally no cause or right or position to start giving out hints now. If if they give hints, it needs to be planned and scheduled so teams can prepare. It would be a heaping pile of bullcrap to just suddenly put hints in the TWAB. If they do it, they have a lot to lose. Um, the account made today is dropping a lot of hints, and it's probably a fake account to make everybody chase red herrings. Guys, let's let's think clearly, right? Let's think clearly. Anybody can drop hints. I highly doubt Bungie is suddenly dropping hints on a brand new account. Highly doubt it. Highly doubt it. RJ4427. Do you think the quality of Destiny's DLC and content and updates was because Activision's decisions? Uh, something that's been... We talked about this ad nauseum today. The con... The, 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 Activision wasn't controlling the deliverables. The contracts dictated when things had to be delivered, which hurt quality. It's not the big bad wolf uh, of Activision. And it's, it's, it's not Bungie being a bad developer. It's as simple as, you know, they're being not enough time in between de- deliverables um, for things to be polished. J-Train, I heard you had a dev in your channel dropping hints about the Niobe Labs level 7 and the answer included the ringing nail and the Kindle Orchid. Is that true? No, I've never had a dev in my my, my 
chat talking about the game. We have made our own speculations. Monkey Buttface with eight months. Thank you so much uh, for the resub. Hobbit Spartan, do you think that one year of D2 being terrible was intentional in order to get the full right of the franchise? Uh, that would make sales drop, making Activision happily sign off. You're high if you think this is what happened. Nobody wants their franchise to, to do poorly. Um, nobody wants their franchise to do poorly. That puts your yeah puts your company at jeopardy and at risk. It puts um, it puts market confidence at risk. I mean, nobody ever ever would do this. All right, guys, I got the perfect plan. Let's almost kill our game so Activision cuts us loose. I that no. Um. Uh, da, 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 da. If the account named Chode Smack is giving hints, I literally just said Chode Smack. Guys, you're getting trolled. Like, come on. Like, th- Bungie would not give hints through a brand new account. The Raid Secrets Discord had to go somewhere else to discuss it because people just kept going in and memeing. Kids love to hijack stuff like this. If they could get a bunch of streamers to go live and start trying things, right? They're, they're, they're trying to get people they're trying to manipulate behavior they would feel powerful doing that because they're probably not powerful in their real life that's why trolls do what they do they lack power and control in their life they feel weak and unhappy and they try and exert power over other people online it's basic, just basic psychology of a troll the one and only. Did Activision have a role in the chopped up version of Vanilla D1? No, not that we know of. It was internal creative dissonance uh, at Bungie. Leviathan. With this split, do you believe content will be better now for Destiny? Get the feeling of the big man standing over the shoulder? Probably not in the immediate future, but probably long term. Yes, Destiny will get better. Uh, Shiesty one. Don't you think your Destiny universe proposal would get too convoluted for new players? Kind of like MMORPGs after a few years. If there's one thing Bungie has learned a lot about, it's getting new players caught up to the present ethos. Uh, Pud Knocker says, Do you think it's a fallacy that Destiny can thrive in the current gaming market for FPS without a viable crucible and networking for it? Uh, Bungie has thrived for a very long time with way less players on the PvE side. Uh, plenty of games like The Elder Scrolls Online and World of Warcraft thrive with, I think, most of the player base landing in the non-PvP uh, sections. So it's not a fallacy because plenty of games do it and are doing it right now i i don't know maybe you just felt like using the word fallacy do you know what the word uh fallacy means maybe you're just a troll that wants to use some of my vocabulary that i'm known for using uh but you know this is a this is completely unfounded in relation to lots of plenty of games diablo and the like that have been very successful and have large player bases uh and have had long-standing success stories without pvp dedicated servers sure but that's a different conversation um, Hypnotic, do you think this opens the opportunity for Bungie to return to Xbox with console exclusives? No, it had nothing to do with it. That was that had to do with Sony, not Activision, as far as I know. Evil the Waffler, do you think we will get more content like Niobe Labs, which requires puzzles and mechanics? Uh, to the degree and the complexity of Niobe Labs, we may get more, but not consistently. No. Um. He specifically asked about FPSers, though. No need to be rude. Um, I'll talk, you know, however the frick I want. Um, and second, the nature of his question was poorly worded and strange, and Destiny has proven what his contention was wrong because 
it has maintained a successful PvE player base for four years. So, I don't know. A question not founded on... A question not founded in reality isn't worth really treating with a whole lot of respect. It was making... Uh, it was making claims that aren't even really true about Destiny, so like, I don't know. Like, if you want to scold me about being rude, maybe go find a channel where you can play mom and they'll play boy, and then you can like tell them what to do and how to live their life if you want to be a hall monitor. Uh, Born Links, have you gotten the Rampage Kill Clip Orchid yet? No, I haven't. Uh, Shockwave, how would you feel about changing the Eververse to sell ornaments and catalysts that could probably, that you could buy with an in-game currency earned through the Eververse bounties? I mean, I don't know. I, I don't want... I don't want to start siphoning off content into the Eververse. Um, I don't want to do that. E- EXPT626, do you think the loaded question would be overpowered if Reservoir Burst was always active? It's a fun gun, but it's underwhelming right now. I have a whole talk about that, um, or I'm going to do a whole talk about that. It it needs a lot of help, and I don't know if that's a solution. Uh, really straight, is the Activision logo taken out of Destiny 2? I have no freaking clue. Where was the Activision logo located prior to today? I don't know. I, I didn't realize. Uh, I didn't even realize that was a. I didn't realize the Activision is it on? Is it for when you first boot up the game? I don't know. If you think of, if it's when you first boot up the game, we have to reboot the game to check it. Crazy Kenny with a brand new Prime sub. Thank you so much uh, for the Prime sub. Welcome to the Rages. So many people using Prime lately, guys. Thank you for that. Um, I wasn't. I wasn't aware. I think it's on the. I think it's on the load screen. Like when you first boot up the game. Um. Oh, it's on the bottom right of the launcher. Yeah, that too. Dr. Zero six six six. Do you think Bungie will remain independent? Like possibly Microsoft buying them back? I don't think Microsoft's going to buy them back. We're getting a lot of repeat questions. Uh, the Acranes. Do you think they will come out with a raid like the Vault of Glass? I feel hands down is the best raid ever made. Speculation that I can't base off of anything. They like to make raids. They're going to keep making more of them. Will they make one like Vogue? I have no clue at all. Uh, not Visions. What was the meaning of the new Ada One cutscene? Um, I don't know. Uh, we don't understand. As far as I know, we'd have to ask Bife what Radiance is because she looked like she got filled with light the same way that we kind of get filled with light and the same way that Aldrin gets filled with light when he gets resurrected by a ghost. But I have no freaking clue. Um, I don't know. I don't have a clue. So... A-Dub says, since a lot of folks came from console to PC, how would cross-save work? Uh, Bungie.net is where everything is held. Right now, Bungie.net is where everything is held. Like, you can basically go to Bungie.net and move your gear around. You can use Dim to move your gear around. So, whatever platform you would boot up, it would ping Bungie.net and be like, what loot do you have? And then it would show you the loot. Um, So... Last question. Now that Bungie is no longer affiliated with Activision, how could their, this affect their relationship with High Moon and Vicarious? We've gotten this question many times today. It means that High Moon and Vicarious Visions will no longer be working on Destiny, uh, as far as we know. Now, that doesn't mean that that's going to be a, a long-term you know, cessation of, of coexistence, right? They could still coexist and work together, but for now, probably not, just so it's a clean... And, and clear break um, I think that would we'll, we'll probably we'll probably see a clear shift or even a statement made about that in the coming months so I'm gonna keep streaming we're gonna jump into Niobe labs with the team I think and try some solutions so stick around if you want to see us try and solve that that's been really fun to try to crack that code if you're listening to this on iTunes Google Play Spotify or watching on YouTube you can tune in live probably right now and watch me twitch.tv slash say no to rage or just look up say no to rage on the twitch app or look me up on Twitter and follow me there as well as with all of my content I appreciate you watching and listening please like share and subscribe